Welcome back, everyone, to uh, another episode uh, podcast of Safe Space. Uh, thank you for joining, tuning in, being here with us as we do this thing. Not sure what it is yet, but you know, God told us to do it, so we're here today. Have another guest. This one, this one's gonna be interesting because we're we're still getting to learn each other, right? We're, we're still getting to know each other. We're trying to cultivate a friendship here. It's been great so far, but this is someone that um. It's a joyful spirit. This is someone that uh, I, I trust, even in the the, co- the friendship that we're cultivating so far. He's a great man of God. He's a man of God, first off. And he's a great one, second off. Um, one that we even trusted. I say we as, you know, just like the body, the church, that is. Um, and trusted to lead a, lead our youth. Uh, so today I present the song, Introduced to Others. I'm still not sure if that's backwards or forwards yet. I'm in... Serving over that for a while. But today, I have none other than Parker P. Wow. Parker P. Parker P. Parker P. That's Parker P. His last name, <laughs> That's Parker P. P. I like it. Wow. Like the way it rolls off the tongue. It does. But today, we have Parker here. Um, and I'm excited because no clue where this is going, right? No clue. Never do we ever have No clue, but I'm ready. Hey, we here. I'm ready. We here. So There's I'm no gonna, going back now. <laughs> we, we here. We We recording. In. It's already started. It's, it's we already have live right now. Uncut gym right here. Right now. <laughs> but I love to start with um, just creating a space, just yeah. setting a, a space at the beginning for you to introduce yourself to the people, right? My introductions yeah, yeah. don't really do anybody justice. But I want to give you space to introduce yourself, lay the foundation, mm-hmm. give them a little something, whatever yeah, you yeah, want them to yeah. know. So I'm going to step back. Mm. It's all on you. Well, what's going on, y'all? Um, like uh, Christian said, my name is Parker, but my last name does not start with a P. P. It's actually Parker Jones, you yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> Parker Jones up in this place. Um, but yeah, uh, 22 years old, lived in Jacksonville my whole entire life. Um, Jaguars, mm. love the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm. Uh, what a sad life. It is. It's very sad, but, you know, that's how you know I'm loyal, you know, <laughs> yes. through thick and thin. You know, if you can't love us at our 3 and 14, don't love us when we're 5 and 12, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The playoffs, <laughs> you know? But, um, yeah, been in Jacksonville my whole life. Did not grow up in church whatsoever. Mm. Um, but then I got invited at the age of 15, okay. I think. Yeah, 15, to youth group, which is actually the youth group that I'm now help leading, mm-hmm. which is pr- pretty crazy. Um, but got saved when I was 15, December 7, 2016. Got a tat on the thigh, so I don't forget, you know. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> what it me. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's, it is. That's actually creative. Yeah. Because mine's just my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, it's, been, it's been a journey, mm-hmm. you know. It's been a lot of... A lot of mountaintop experiences, a lot of valley low, a lot of going through hell and back, you hey, know. But, several times. you know, God's always faithful. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just exciting to see what he's doing in my life and through my life. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's, that's a little bit about me. Got saved. I didn't really take it serious until I went on a missions trip. But then I was like, oh, shoot, this thing for real, for real. Hey. And then became a student leader, just started serving and whatever I could. Parking team. I freaking love the parking team. Really? Parking team was where it was at. Um, and then uh, now I'm in Bible college. 
mm-hmm. Bible school. It's not really a Bible college. It's just a Christian. It's just a cr- private Christian college. But I'm going for my bachelor's in church leadership with a minor in biblical studies. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Um, about to graduate in the winter. Got that. Got that degree. Up, you know. But couple um, months out. I just want to be done. Okay. And I just, <laughs> just, just want to be done. Got to finish this race. Um, you know. <laughs> finish this race. But yeah, and now I'm just fully sold out to whatever the Lord has for me. So indeed, indeed, we all are, right? So, well, uh, yeah, I don't know about all of us, but indeed, we are. There you go. There you go. <laughs> all right. So, a lot of questions, a lot of different things roam my mind when you begin to speak, but um, I, I want to. First off, just going to let it be known that your tattoo has now given me another tattoo idea. So you have a tattoo on your left leg and you have a tattoo on your right leg. Yeah. And a couple of weeks ago. Love me some tattoos. Me too, right? I, I love the f- I love art, but then it's like on my body, you know? But if just religious <laughs> folk out there who's going to try to like yeah. burn me over, you know, so be it, right? It's the same people that they could be cutting their hair. So that's the also against the Old Testament law, but... <laughs> I think I seen him at the bearded pig too. If I'm not mistaken, but hey, you know, hey, we love them all. I love you regardless of you know you're trying to kill me for my tattoos. But anyway, your tattoo on your hold on, let me get it right. The tattoo on your left leg, you said, is the date in which you were saved. Yep, which is very cool. The meaning behind it, right? But to to me, it's just like Roman numerals, right? Until yeah, you said that, right? And the same of what I have on my arm is Roman numerals. It's just there. But then I'm like, eh. every time I, somebody asks me about it, I'm something different, right? It's like, oh, this is my cell numbers for when I was in prison. I got this in, <laughs> I got this in jail. Never been arrested in my life, right? Yeah. But it's just like, because if I'm like, oh, it's just my birthday, it's kind of lame. But then when you said yours, I was like, oh, I'm definitely getting that tattoo under it. Yeah. The day I was born. And the day I was born again. Oh, <laughs> oh! See if I can um, speak in tongues bro. right now, I'd let out a little, but I'm not going to. I'm I not. was going. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh. That's, that, that's that's I'm definitely getting that one. Yeah. And then your leg tattoo, I'm stealing that one as well. Right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what's that one. What's that? It's one? an olive branch, okay. and an olive branch uh, represents reconciliation with God. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. But then also you could also talk about like the olive, how, you know, it has to be pressed and crushed mm-hmm. in order for it to be turned into oil. Mm. And I got oh. it during a season of very intense crushing <laughs> and pressing, you know. So, uh, but yeah, all my tattoos have meaning. Really? I don't want to get anything on my body permanently that like doesn't, doesn't reflect happen. one God, but then two, just like something meaningful to me. So Yeah, definitely. Um me too as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Even though this one probably doesn't have like this most significant. But it's like your birthday. Was this was the day I came into the earth. Yeah. Bro. He's and like, what's up, world? I was crying. <laughs> but that was that I was trying to get it out. What's up, world? I was, to be like, what's up? I was crying out. I didn't know who I was crying out to, but I was and crying. They, I was showing them how to praise God the day mm. I came out. <laughs> I was just surrendered. They might as well have been playing oceans, even though oh it wasn't my out gosh. Yet, but yes, uh, they Lord. might as well have been playing it because yes, I was Lord. take me where my feet. <laughs> That I can't even walk on, take you where my feet not going to, you know. But Ugh. so I got this one. It's my birthday, and then of course I got my mom. This is my mom in an Nefertiti crown because 
don't look too far into that one. And then I got one on the back <laughs> of my tricep. Uh, then that that one, this one's a little, a little deeper. And then the one on the back of my tricep that says "Love Leaves Scars," what I f- I feel is mm. simple as it is, yeah. right? Love leaves scars. How you think um, Thomas was able to identify Jesus? But you know, that's that, right? Yeah, and then the right. leaves, the leaves. He was like, "Hey, I'm not believing until I can put my hand in where they poked yeah. him." At. You know, that was a scar out of what love. Anyway, um, that's also came out of a breakup. Mm. All right, got. This is not where I wanted to take it. I just <laughs> wanted to, to show appreciation for the tattoos because I like the art and I like the meaning behind it. And then your olive branch one is even harder. And um, I wanted to take that idea, but I was not aware that it was an olive branch. I just liked the way that the leaves look. And I was going to do some research on some something and find one. Anyway, yeah, find one. I just wanted a leg tattoo, and that one is hard. That one is definitely hard. Um, especially the way that it's like around the kneecap. You know, the kneecap's like a weird spot yeah. and it hurts. But anyway, all right, I'm done. I think. No, you're good. You're good. I think I have one. It's another one. It's a different tattoo, but that's for later. All right. <laughs> now that the tattoo is out of the way, I can start with my first thought. All right. So let's talk about ministry. Not ministry as a whole, but let's talk about your ministry, where it started, where yeah. you are. So you say you come from a not Christian background. Right? Yeah. So you come from everything that is the opposite of what God yeah, made. Yeah. Everything said, that right? the world was. You were. I was. Okay, bad, bad. So you know. we, we understand the, we don't really understand it, but hopefully through this question, we begin to understand yeah. a little more of your background and where you come from that's outside of church, right? Until you come into church. Now, I know you, right? At least a little bit. And I understand that once you entered church, you then became like a part of that church. You started serving almost any and everywhere, right? Trying to like get your feet. And you started serving you said, was it the parking team? You like, was a part of the parking team at one parking point. Parking team. And then you eventually, somehow, you became involved with the youth, right? Yeah. Okay. So from not church yeah, to in church to now telling your story, just help me, like, paint a picture of that. Help me Run me through that. What, is that. what does it feel like to live that moment? Even uh, though I know there's some time in between. Yeah, yeah. But, like, let, let's just let's run through that real quick. Um, I do have to say that, like, the time from me actually entering church to mm-hmm. me actually serving in church yeah. was about, I want to say, like, nine months. Mm. Because I was always chasing the the feeling that I got or the chasing an experience mm. or I wasn't even going to church for the right reason. I went because I, I liked a girl, you know, mm. like, and then I came, obviously I, I gave my life to the Lord because like I met him the night that I, he had to get you in or something. And then, there. but then I like, I came cause youth was just fun. Like, I mean, yeah. you're telling me I got, I get to hang out with kids my age, like play dodgeball, volleyball, basketball before and after service then mm. go out to eat. Like, you can't, I can't beat that. That's so a like, fire Wednesday night. And, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Night, and man. like, I, w- I was one of those kids that like every altar call, I was like, yes, Lord. <laughs> every, every night, every Wednesday night I was getting saved, you know? Yeah. And then, and then, like I said, I went on a missions trip where I actually had to like share about Jesus or like mm-hmm. share my story. And I was like, oh shoot, like the, this thing's for real. This is and real. like the Lord just began to work on my heart and 
I'm the type of person, like, when I'm invested, I'm invested. And then I go all out. Okay. And I came back from the missions trip. I got baptized after that. All right. And then I was like, look, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be with these people. I'm trying to do whatever. So then I got involved with the parking team, got involved with doing some media stuff just for youth. Mm-hmm. Became like a s- student leader because I was just like, yeah, that's cool. Just do it. Just <laughs> do it right? I was like, whatever opportunity I saw before me, I was like, I want, I want that because I've tasted and seen of something mm. that wasn't of me. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, now this is for real. And now like the same thing that I felt, I want others to experience it. Yes. So then, and then one thing led to another, preached my first sermon. And then I was like, when was that? 2017, also. 2017, so you're November. still in school at this point. Yeah, I was still in okay. high school. Still in school. The, I think one thing one thing that kept me going, um, because I've, I'm 22 now. Mm-hmm. I was 16 at the time. Yeah. From 16 to where I'm at now, I've experienced a lot of troubles and trials. And mm-hmm. the only reason why I'm still... And this today is one, obviously the Lord, mm-hmm. but to the people that invested their life into me. Um, okay. Ethnin was the youth pastor. So he just saw something in me and he's just like, and hey, just invested hey, everything. Hey, I mean, yeah. he taught me how to write my first sermon. He taught me the ins and outs of what I know today, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was really once I had that, realization that like this thing was for real mm-hmm. people would then begin to realize okay now he's starting to take this serious and then that's when they're like oh my gosh parker actually has a call in his life yeah and I, they're like let's walk it. go a little yeah, <laughs> i gotta walk, walk him through this yeah, thing you know so yeah so started so you got saved what's that year on your leg 2016 2016 2016 you're like, hey, God, I'm going to give my life to you. This is not my life anymore. This is yours. I'm going to live in what you call, what you have for me. 2017 comes, and it's your first time to get to speak on, you know, whatever it was that you spoke on, right? It's your first time to get to preach to these people who are... Two-face to one-face. Okay. Talk about two-face Christianity. Okay. Two-face Christianity. Yeah. I still now, got the notes in my do- Google Doc and everything. <laughs> I was like... Lord have mercy. Who hurt you, Parker? Who, who, you, who, you trying to, who you trying to call out in this sermon? Bro, I'm, I'm <laughs> like, um, I, you said one thing and five things popped into my head. I have <laughs> in my head, which is not good because my memory sucks. I have like 20 things that I already want to say. And I'm like, I don't know if I should be frustrated or I should be happy for the fact that I have all these things in my head because I want to talk about all of them, but I know I'm not going to be able to get to it. Um, Okay, okay. Let me let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Okay. We're, <laughs> we're in the year of 2017. Yes, sir. Okay. We're in 2017, and you have now preached your first message on two-faced Christianity. Mm-hmm. While being a certified Christian. I say certified as in, you know, between you and God. I don't really care about anybody else. But yeah. between you and God, certified Christian for a year. And you're now speaking on the topic of two-faced Christianity. <laughs> okay, okay. Give me a second. Give me a second. <laughs> All right. Let me bring it back and bring it back. Because I got questions on that. But oh, I'm yeah. A, I'm a, we're going we gonna to have to swing back into that. That's <laughs> wild. 
<laughs> that is wild. Okay. That quick. No, no, no. Let me break down what's going on in my head. All right. So Parker said he has come from not Christian. He's a non-Christian background, right? So this is a man that is in the world and lives in the world to now he is a Christian, right? Yeah. You have proclaimed your love for Jesus. You have accepted what he's done on the cross and you are now following him, right? Yeah, yeah. It takes 12 months, 365 days for you to realize, hey, these people suck. (laughs) Yo, you people are, what's wrong here? So, oh, that's what's going on in my head, right? That's, That's the first thing. And it makes me go to, like, oh, my goodness. This is somebody who is like, yes, Jesus loves me. I love Jesus. I'm going to accept this. And I'm going to now become a part of a community. And then he gets into this community, and it takes 365 days for your heart to begin to fester, for the Lord to drop something in your spirit, and you're now like, yo, you people are two-faced, and somebody (laughs) needs to say something about this. One year is all it took. Yeah. For a kid, not even like a grown adult, 16, right? 16-year-old kid. To be like, you people are two-faced. And that makes me reflect on me. Because I'm like, wait, <laughs> wait, am I? Jesus, is it me? <laughs> did I, did I? Am I the one you're splitting the bread with? That is bad? Okay. All right. Um, okay. All right. Let's move. Let's Coming back to it, but let's move. All right. All right, so this kid has now denounced Christianity <laughs> after coming to Christianity. <laughs> all right, this, this, all right, all right, cool. So we've got to the part. He's like, all right, two faced Christians. I'm now we on the same team, but somebody need to call y'all. All right, you get through this message, okay? And you say you're the kid that's like every Wednesday. It's me, Jesus. I need saving all over. Yeah, again, before, right? before I was like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we go from that to the preaching, right? And then we got to this beforehand, right? I don't know where this falls on the timeline, but we got to your tattoo beforehand just because the Holy Spirit's here playing this out. I feel like it's very um, not Christian, as in me Christian, not the religion of Christianity, but me. It's not very me of myself to um, put things in order, but the way that this is played out is beautiful, right? Because we go from, now you're preaching your first message, and you have a tattoo on you that represents an olive branch. Yeah. And you say you've been through some crushing seasons. Oh, yeah. Right? Some pressing, some squeezing, you know, oh to get gosh. that oil out of you. Oh, yeah. Where does that fall? From now you've preached your first message on two-faced Christianity after a year of being Christian, which is crazy, to now 22 Parker. Where does that crushing fall into place? If, listen, we can only go yeah, off the vulnerability yeah. and the transparency that you give us, right? If it is not... Look, I'm an open share. book. One hey. thing one thing these people going to find out about me is that I got hey. nothing to hide. That's how we live You know what I'm here. saying? I'm like, saying. It's free over here. Hey, you you know, can't put nothing against me that I already told. Look, That's how I live. If Jesus already know it, then like... Who else matters? You know? Who else matters? It's like, got me tripping. All right, cool. Can't use it against us, enemy, because... um. They already know. But <laughs> please explain. Yeah. Help me picture that. Help me um, understand where that comes in. At. So I graduated high school. I, I went through some rough patches in high school, like okay. burnout, just like doing too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was 2020 was probably the start of everybody's depression. Everybody's, I'm talking about flat tire everywhere. My, my truck flipped over 500 oh different times my. into a, off a cliff into 
the abyss. You know, (laughs) Um, basically like 2020 hit COVID happened. And I was like, man, I'm done with ministry. I'm done. Did you see me on my phone? That's because I'm writing stuff down. No, you're good. You're good. These questions ain't going to last. You're good. You're good. I COVID happened, Mm kind of went MIA from everyone. Cause I was like, man, bump everybody, bro. They just use me. Like Mm. I felt used. Mm. Um, and then dropped out of college to go to Florida State University oh, for sports management. FSU. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, at the time, the church was doing online services for Next Gen, so youth and young adult service. Mm-hmm. And the person that was doing it, Brendan, he couldn't do it. And he, we did probably like three online services that he did, but then he was also doing the main service so like he's like i can't do it all Mm -hmm. so then our worship um our next gen worship director matt holdiness he like called me out of the blue one day he's like hey parker like if you get paid like would you want to like help direct our online services like edit it and like everything like that and i was like money bet (laughs) so (laughs) so i was like i ain't getting paid right now it's covid you know so i accepted it um, and that's when the Lord really began to work on my heart again. I'm just like, Parker, you ain't meant, you ain't meant to, you're meant for ministry. Like I've mm-hmm. called you to this thing. Like you ain't, you ain't gonna drop out this quick. Yeah. So then at first I was like, just going through the, I just loved it. Like it was just fun. And then, um, I was like, yeah, maybe I should like just go to college, maybe for like media or something like that. Maybe I could like do media. And then, like, a few weeks went by after that, and then I, the Lord was like, nah, like, you're meant, you're supposed to, I called you to be a youth pastor. And I, and then I was like, okay. So then I told Ethnan at the time, and I was like, yeah, Ethnan, I think I'm going to go back to Bible school and, like, okay. finish it out. And he's like, I always knew you would. And I was like, man, shut up, bro. Like, shut up. This, bro. And then, like, two weeks later, he announces that he's leaving. And I was mm. like, Bro, what the heck? And then, so we're in like a process of finding a new youth pastor. Um, I feel like it's been, time has been long enough that I can actually like publicly share this story now. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay, we appreciate um, it being So here. if uh, the person that I'm, I'm not going to say his name. Okay. Just just because just because I'm not going to say his name yeah. but he if he somehow listens to safe space mm-hmm. by we are virtue then <laughs> then uh then he'll know it's him Welcome but back. we are going through the process um at the time we probably had like 80 kids mm-hmm. 85 kids and we're going through the process of finding a new youth pastor we find a new youth pastor and his name is Randy mm-hmm. that's not actually his, uh, con- confidential uh, name you know what I'm saying you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Randy um, like, so Randy's first night, Pastor Randy's first night was a 317 night. It was an outside service, and we probably had like six, 75 kids that day. For the people who don't know 317, break it down. It's like an invite quick. night. Okay, invite um, night. Different right. theme night. So we didn't really have a theme that night. It was just an outside service because the weather went crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, 317s are like an, our invite night. We have this... Uh, we have one coming up at the end of May. Okay. It's yeah. going to be Beach Wars. Like, it's going to be crazy. We're gonna Are we taking it to the beach? Uh, no. Obviously. We're taking the beach to the church. Nice. I last time we... Everywhere. La, la, no, last time we literally bought, like, bags 
and pounds of sand. I don't I don't like sand at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Slime <laughs> out of my teeth. No, no, you love you love sand. You I, love sand. I hate it. It goes with you everywhere. Uh, continue. <laughs> Back to Randy and the Bible. Um, and I remember like I'm trying to like go through the story quick because it, it no. hurts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm, just, hey, oh, I'm just kidding. Hurts, I'm just kidding. Uh, that doesn't hurt. It do, I mean, it, it's it's hard stuff to talk about. But yeah. uh, his first night, seventy-five kids. Six months down the road, I just want to paint a picture of mm-hmm. like how unhealthy this ministry was and how unhealthy he was. Mm. First night was seventy-five kids. Mm-hmm. His last night ever being our youth pastor was probably like 22 kids so in a six month span we lost 50 kids half the ministry is gone and and um like at first everything was cool like i was i was you know i'm just chilling with this guy he's cool and then like red flags just started popping up Mm -hmm. um he was a very big perfectionist and scripted out a lot of different things. Mm. So <clears throat> he'd have me run through like announcements, like everything that I was going to say. He had me run through the prayer that I was going to go through the prayer? for the for offering. Um, and I was just like, man, this is like, there's no Holy Spirit in this at all. No Holy Spirit in this at all. And like he had an anger problem, bro. Mm. And I remember like, I remember having a conversation with someone over FaceTime and I was just like venting to him just about like where the ministry was, like things I didn't like. And <clears throat> that got back to him. Mm. And I, rem- oh, and no. I remember you poured your water in a leaky bowl. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, goodness. And I know someone that I thought I could trust mm-hmm. too. I was like, yeah, you really, really going to do that. Yeah. So then he pulls, Randy pulls me into a room by ourselves, starts recording our meeting. And like, he starts letting me like, he lays it into me. And I'm like, bro, but like, it was funny. Like at some point in our meeting, he starts crying and Sheldon, uh, our worship director (laughs) walks in because I was supposed to go to lunch with him. Sheldon walks in. He's like, Hey Parker, are you, and he just slowly <laughs> closes the door. Like, Randy's just crying, like, just pouring like, his heart out. And I was like, what is going on? And, like, stuff like that would just happen. Like, he would lift me up in public but tear me down in private. Mm. And my breaking point was I misspelled something on an Instagram caption. Oh, no. And someone texted me. They were like, hey, Parker, saw you misspelled something, so I changed it. So then I sent a thumbs-up emoji, like, mm-hmm cool like thanks well apparently that person didn't really like that so then that person went to randy and randy called me 10 o'clock on a saturday and he goes i'm like like, oh yeah Uh he's like parker i gotta talk to you i was like what's up he's like you are the what you sending a thumbs up emoji? He's like, that's the most disrespectful thing you could ever what? do. He's like, you need to s- apologize. I was like, what is going on? So he like lays it into me for misspelling something on an Instagram caption and sending a thumbs up emoji to someone. And then he's like, Parker, you want me to be honest with you? And I was like, oh, Lord. And I was like, yeah, go ahead. And he's like, I feel like you don't have a heart for ministry and a heart for this church. 
And I'm like, so that's how it is. That's, huh? that's, that's how it is. Here. And like, that broke me because mm. it was some random person who's only been here for six months telling me about my heart towards ministry I've poured my life into. Mm. And it wasn't even the fact that he was going after my heart. Because when you start saying, I feel like you don't have a heart for this ministry or for this church, you're no longer going after just my heart, but you're going after the heart of God Mm -hmm. and what God has for my life. Mm -hmm. So from that day, I'm still, that was 2021 and we're in 2020. I'm still healing and trying to trust in the things that God has for me because someone tried to destroy what God had for me. Mm. So now I'm still, I'm still healing from that junk. And so that happens like bunch of meetings go down. Like it was just crazy. Long story short, he leaves. Then we go through like so many staff changes for the next gen where like at one point it was just me and pastor Jesse Mm. literally doing everything. Like it was, me and him were doing admin me and him were doing worship stuff me and him were like i'm talking about everything and then we finally got a team and we finally getting some stability to everything Mm -hmm. and then like i'd say the next season where like i really like was crushed was october of 2022 Mm -hmm. i left staff um just because of I wasn't finding joy in it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of bitterness in my heart towards members on the staff mm-hmm. um, and how I was being treated, how I was being used. Um, <clears throat> and at the time I had, man, do I even go into it? I'm I'm just gonna go into it. I don't, I don't even, I don't space, even yeah. care no it's more. Safe space. Um, hey, no, wait, 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 before you go. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah. If this is a place Continue. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> no, 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 no. So at the time, I had a, um, I was in a very serious relationship, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, I gotta like think about like, how am I gonna save up for a ring? How am I gonna like provide? Because at the time, I wasn't, I was part time. I wasn't really getting paid that much. So like, part of the reason why I also stepped down was like, I need more money. Like, I need, yeah. I'm trying to start a life with this person. So I leave staff. It was very ugly how I left staff, not going to lie. I could have done it better on my part and vice versa. Um, So I left. Um, When I left, I kind of couldn't preach or teach anymore, so I was kind of just a youth leader. So I was like, I don't even want to be back there. Like, the way it just made me feel very uncomfortable. Left staff. Two and a half weeks later, uh, my girlfriend at the time broke up with me mm. um so then i was like dang everybody really just leaving me she was with you for the youth you left the and then <laughs> and then um just going was going through like different family stuff we went through a loss in the family so like mm. it was basically a moment now now i can look back at it and it was really a moment that the lord was in and it was he was basically saying parker am i am i enough for you because mm. i didn't have ministry anymore I didn't have the position at the church, didn't have the girlfriend, 
shoot, I almost didn't have a family, really. It was just you. It was literally just, the only thing that I could lean on was the Lord. Mm. And I think through the three years of just constant trial, constant press, pressing, constant instability to everything led to the moment in December of 2022 of the Lord saying, Parker, like, you're not all that. Like, you don't have everything in order. You don't have it all. You don't have what it takes. He's like, I'm the one that called you. I'm the one that's going to qualify you. And that I remember just breaking down and getting a revelation of how unworthy I was of the call, how unworthy I was that the Lord would still, after times of abandoning the call in my life, times of wanting to give up, times that I did give up, times of where secret sin would come in, all all these things, like I'm so unworthy of it, but the Lord was like, but who am I? Who am I in your life? And from that moment on, like there was just been a switch in my life where a lot of people now I'm back on staff part time. Clap it up. And I there's some people that probably don't want to clap it up because there's people in my there's people today that are like, I heard you're back on staff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. They're like, why? And there's been a thought on my mind. I was like, not everybody's going to understand the call in my life Mm -hmm. and not everyone's going to understand where God is taking me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people also don't know that in that season of me leaving staff and me being alone and me being on the verge of suicide, really, Mm -hmm. I was in therapy. Like I'm talking about, I felt so alone. I felt abandoned by the church. I felt abandoned by someone that I thought I was going to build a life with. Mm -hmm. I felt I've always struggled with abandonment issues. Mm -hmm. Um, but in the midst of that, people also don't see the countless meetings I had with the different church members that I had a problem with or vice versa and the amount of healing that was taking place and reconciliation mm-hmm. because I went into those meetings, one, to learn how to stand up for myself, but yeah. two, like, God, how can you restore this to some capacity? Because I didn't want bitterness in my heart anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't want the things that was taking away from my life and my heart anymore. So I'm fine with every, there's no one that I'm bitter towards no more. Mm -hmm. I'm straight chilling and vibing with everyone because this life is so much more than just, Oh, you did me dirty or people always going to do you dirty. People did, people did Jesus dirty. Got me tripping. His homies, his own homies. All right, all Peter right. denied yeah. him three times. Right. His homies turned their back like, on him. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, people are always going to do that. But, like, God still wants to use that. And God still has a plan for that. Yes. And I had to get past myself and what my what I thought I needed to do, what I thought I wanted in my life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Lord, what do you actually want for my life? And reconciliation started happening. Restoration started happening in my life. A place where I could come back onto staff mm-hmm. happened, be- not because of what I could do, because what I could do led me to leaving staff, yeah. led me to far, far away. suicide almost. Oof. But what the Lord led me to was reconciliation yes. with so many different people, was restoration to a position that I thought I could never have again. Mm-hmm. Uh, a place 
of influence and leadership again. I thought I I, I thought I blew the bag, mm. hardcore. You did. Oh, I did. It was your bag though. You wasn't in his. You was in. Your and bag. I and I'm telling you, when the Lord spoke, I was I was just driving in my Bronco in December, so. and I remember getting that revelation, of, like I am. So less than, mm. and he is so much more. And once I got it, f- something flipped in my mind and in my heart that I was like, here I am, Lord. You know, like the way that I treat people is different. Mm. The way that I view people is different. The way that I interact with people is different because this life is so short and this life is actually so valuable that mm-hmm. I want to, in every aspect of my life, to glorify the Lord. Every aspect. Every aspect. Let's just take a breather for a second. My gosh. Sorry. That was a lot. That was a lot to... Let let that all go. Let that all go. All right? Because, like I stated before, for every one thing that you say, I have, like, five thoughts. (laughs) So for the story you just said, I have 3,000 thoughts. But for the fact of my memory's bad and I'm not going to remember them all, yeah. I let the Holy Spirit, you know, do what it does, right? And my life, as of, I want to say, maybe three or four days ago, um, has been changed in such a way. Um, I'm not even trying to get into me. I feel like I need to preface this just a little bit. Uh Numbness, right? Mm. Tim Ross, uh, pastor, talk about him a lot. Tim Tim Ross, Transformation Church, did a series. They're doing a series, their whole sermon series. But Tim Ross preached on numbness. And I didn't really understand. I, I didn't understand. I, I didn't grasp where I may have been numb at. But I was listening to Tim Ross because I uh, can appreciate the way he delivers his message. Until I started uh, just having turmoil in my spirit. And then... God, like, showing me that I wasn't numb, but I wasn't sensitive. Um, and now I'm working on my, my sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And, like, the past three, four days has just been outrageously sensitive to the Holy Spirit in my life. And it's been great, right? But I say all that to um, say the fact, like, when I when I was interrupting you and I was like, hey, if you, and I stopped, that's because the Holy, P- Holy Spirit was telling me to shut up. So I had to stop there. Yeah, you did, you and um, and it, it's going to happen a lot because in, in the middle of me talking, I'm also sensitive to what it has to yeah. say and how this is going to lead my life. So if it tells me, hey, this ain't your spot to say anything, I'm not going to say nothing. But I was going to say, if you're still bleeding in some of those areas and you feel like you need to be healed, um, please don't go there. And then I was like, if you still, and he was like, shut up, because this can be healing. And I was like, continue. But um, that's just to preface it, right? That's yeah, just yeah, to yeah. preface my sensitivity and what I've been going through. Uh, Holy Spirit, thank you. But anyway, my biggest thing that stuck out through your whole story, right, is a lot was in it. I took a lot in. I have a lot of questions. But what rained heavy on my spirit through your story was, what did your community look like in the midst of that? Who was, you have Parker, you have yeah, that. Yeah. But who was Parker surrounding himself with at that time? You know what's crazy is, I feel like I, in those times, I never had consistent community in my life. Mm 
um, to this day, I can say one of my prayers is I want a guy in my life that no matter what happens, like that's gonna be my guy. That's your dad. That's your dad. Um, because even in times where I was, let's take this most recent time, like literally in my the cherry on top to the three years of pain mm-hmm. and pressing and crushing, I didn't really have no one. Mm. But the thing about me is that and times where I was hurting I would still try to be there for other people but I felt like I had no one that I could go to and it's still something that I struggle with you know it's still something that and don't get me wrong there have been people I don't want to say that there was never anybody but what I'm trying to say is they weren't always consistent Mm-hmm. or they wouldn't show up in times where I thought I n- that they would show up, um, which led me to a point where people would ask me how I'm doing, and I would have to be careful because I felt like the only reason why they would ask me how I'm doing was to have something to hold over me. Mm. I had to start questioning their motives on why they even want to ask me how I'm doing because the fruit of them asking that led to backstabbing, led to so many different things. So I was like, are you actually asking that question out of sincere care for me or because you want something to gossip about me, mm. about like, oh, Parker actually isn't doing good. Did you hear Parker's not it's doing like good? Did you, did you actually hear, did you know Parker's not doing good? Did you know Parker's going through? Like, It's like people don't even know that. Like, They don't because, no. you know, and – that's something that I've always struggled with. I think I've always had community in times where, especially in the, I'd say, oh my gosh. Oh, I just said his name. Randy. 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 That, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, that's, it's just going to be, it's going to be blank. It's going to be. <laughs> then they're going to be like, what happened? Um, but no, uh, in times of Randy, I had people that had my back. Mm-hmm. I had my slimes. They I had. Hurt? I had my people. I had my people go ready to go to war for me. Okay, but I, which was great, and then those people left. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) so I feel like they. I've always had the people that I've needed, Mm -hmm. and certain seasons and times. But now I'm looking for someone that I can just do life with consistently. Um, that will always consistently be like, Yo, Parker, how you doing? Yo, Parker, like, because I just don't have that. I really don't. I I can, I could cry right now. I could cry. But am I going to? Probably not. I don't know, right? I'm definitely a cry for the people who are aware of who I am as a person. Um, when I say I'm working on my sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, I really am. Wholeheartedly, right? But I was not aware of how sensitive the sensitivity can make you. Yeah, and I could ball cry right now. Am I going to? <laughs> Probably not, right? <sighs> I joined the church 
September, September, October of 2022. When I joined the church, it was on the basis of community, right? Yeah. I didn't come to the church to get spiritually fed. I didn't come. My, my mind wasn't around serving. It was the fact that I was watching a Michael Todd sermon, and he said, hey, if you watch us, it's fine. It's cool, whatever, right? We enjoy it. I mean, we hope you get something from it. We hope that we're doing our part. But it is not going to benefit you to sit at home and watch us and not have a community that you're a part of. So he said, it doesn't matter if you come to our church, any church around us, even if you don't live in the United States, you need to find community. Yeah. So he was like, you could just pray and ask God to lead you wherever he's going to lead you and uh, go be a part of that community. And that night I prayed and I said, hey, God, what church should I be a part of? And it's going to be a long story, but we're good there. <laughs> I was like, hey, what church should I be a part of? And God told me Springs Church. And zero ounce in my body did I want to go to the Springs Church because I was like, hey, God, I've been there before. I've been there a couple of times. There's one black dude. The rest of them are white. Right? I'm I'm coming back to Christ at this point. Right? I'm coming back to Christ. So I'm, I just was in my um, Dr. U thing. I forgot his name. Umar. I'm in my Dr. Umar phase where I'm like, Black is the way to go. You know what I'm saying? My <laughs> brothers and sisters, we standing strong on our principles and our values. Uh, shout out to the ancestors type joint, right? Our spirituality phase before I came yeah. back to Jesus, right? So I'm on that. Uh, I was on that Dr. Umar wave where I'm like, I, my black queens, my brothers, you know, we sticking together. We can't yeah. let the white man come in between us, you know? Stupid. Uh, looking back on it, I'm just like, <laughs> idiotic, idiotic way of thinking. Um, but people going to try to kill me over that. I still love the black people. Don't get me wrong, but I love the white people just as much. I love everybody. All right. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I was coming back and Jesus said, go to the Springs Church. And I was like, hey, God, are you sure? There's Trinity down the street. I'm in Oakleaf, right? So there's Elevate right around the corner. Yeah. At least they got some of my people there. You sure you want me? There's like five different churches before you even get on Blanding, like to get to the Springs Church. Huh? He's like, you asked, I told you. I said, but the next, and it just so happened to be I worked at the stadium. So the stadium, you work at the stadium, Sundays are no-go, right? Because every game is on a Sunday. Yeah. Football plays on Sunday. And it just so happened the next week was a bye week. So I had whole free Sunday. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to the Springs Church. I get to the Springs Church, exactly what I thought it was. Everybody said white. I'm just <laughs> like, God, I'm for you and you only, man. So I get in there, and I'm, like, enjoying the service, though. This is 317, you know, uh, blended times. So I'm in there. I'm, like, I'm enjoying the service. The layout is exactly how I remember it. The people are partially how I remember it. It's, like, there's a couple here and there, you know, just like last time, man. Yeah. But I'm enjoying the service. I'm enjoying the people. And then they're, like, um, come to the welcome, welcome, the the, the new de- new here desk. And um, I go over in the section. At the time, it wasn't desk. It was in those section back over there. Yeah. And I went in the section, and uh, I met with Poole. Yeah, Poole. Met with Matt Poole, and he was like, hey, how old are you? And I was like, yeah, 20, 21. He was like, uh, yeah, you should come to come back at 6 p.m. because we're having you know, the Young Adults Night. Cool. Come back at 6 p.m. At this point, this is irrelevant, but for some reason at this point and me coming to church, I was wearing two outfits every Sunday. Like, I had a Sunday morning outfit, and then I had a 6 p.m. outfit. Oh, yeah. I, I, that's irrelevant. I just wanted to throw it in there. But um, I came back Got at 6 to, p.m., you know? and it was a decades night. And I'm looking at everybody, you know, because I'm trying to find community. So I, unironically, I flock to the the black dude that I've seen there, Austin, my guy. Um, oh, legend. It, it, really, in his own right, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, I'm going to speed up the story a little bit. Uh, I uh, find people, community. I try some groups, try some different groups, not finding my place, not finding where I wanted to be. 
But through all that, there was this one kid that was walking around, super energetic, right? He was just like, hey, what's up? You know, it's like, hey, how y'all doing? You know, uh, he was over here organizing this. He was doing that um, everywhere at the time, right? And I'm just like, okay, that kid's loud. <laughs> Do I want to be around him? No. No. But he seems like a cool kid. He's just, he's just, he's on the loud side, right? Time goes on. I'm coming to the church. I find a group that I, um, that I think I'm going to be cool with, kick it with, and uh, come to find out, they're cool cats. Too cool for me. So I was just like, hey guys, just going to back up a little bit. <laughs> Nothing against you. I'm just going to, st- still cool with them to this day, right? Yeah. But they are, they have a um. They have a love for things I just don't have a love for. So yeah. I was like, we're just not on that level. I still love y'all. I'm still going to kick it with y'all. It's just not on that level because you know, y'all have differences. Anyway, find a cool group of guys. Uh, the ones that I have around now, everybody knows the Seth, Eli, Clayton. Uh, those are the accountability circle. Those are my guys, right, for life. And I still notice this one kid just going around. I notice he's in a relationship now, and I'm like, okay, this kid's a cool guy. Me and Seth, Eli, we hang out, and I'm just like, God, for some reason, I don't think that that dude is... I don't, in my spirit, it's just not sitting right. It's like that guy is, he's definitely not like that all the time. And it's just on my heart, right? And um, time goes on, and we now move campuses to where we are now, and I'm watching him move around, you know, more. He's out of a relationship now, so I just, I don't see him as much, but he's still around. Like, I still notice him. And uh, I'm like, God, is, is that really... Is that really who he is? It's like, I see him. He's energetic. Yeah, but it's very hard to keep up that energy for a long time. And at this point, I'm no longer, like, judging him because I definitely was judging him at first. I'm no longer judging him. More so as my spirit, like, concerned, and I want to know more, right? And um, it goes on for a while. We're at the new campus, and uh, I'm just like, God, I think I, I think you're telling me to go sit down and talk to him. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to try to find some time and try to find a group and try to, like, wiggle in the group a little bit till like, I get to him. You know, I'm just going to. But there's no group. The thing is, there was a group at once, but now I don't see him hanging around the group anymore. And I'm like, I don't know how I can get to him. I feel like at this point, it's good for me to say that it was you. It was you. The guy is you. You are the guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm like. I can tell that he has something, but I don't know what the something is. And now I'm I'm married at this point. This is freaking turn up, you know. Love my wife, you know. Yeah. Lovely. Shout out Liesel, my darling baby girl. Um, I'm married, and now I'm talking to her about it. I'm like, Parker, do you know much about him? She was like, I mean, of course, she tells me the. You came to church and you saved at this point and you know you just been doing your thing ever since and then uh, she knows just about everything that I know but a little more because she was around when you yeah came, you know so um I'm like okay cool I just don't for some reason he's just on my mind he's just in my spirit for some reason right um and I kind of dealt me and God kind of just like I dealt with that because I don't know if it was like is there a place to where his soul is safe like I don't know if it's him or are you asking me to, like, be a part of his life? I don't know what it is, right? And I, I'm just, like, going back and forth with God about it. And then I get into Tim Ross, and then I'm, like, looking at Tim Ross and 
um, following him pretty closely. And I watch him. He has a friend, Preston, right? They're both pastors. Well, they both were pastors. Tim Ross is not a pastor anymore. And Tim Ross goes and preaches at uh, Preston's church. At the end, they do this podcast called Leaders Cut. And then they talk about who they are, how they come to be, what grounds they were founded on, and what their relationship looks like, but what time it took to get there, right? And this podcast is like an hour and 30 minutes. And at the end of the podcast, I get this euphoric feeling in my body. It's like post-nut clarity almost, right? Everybody knows what that is. I don't care. Um, everybody gets a sense of that as a male. I don't know why females never lived in their bodies. But it's almost as my mind was hit with like 300 pounds of endorphins. At the same time the endorphins were dropped on me, your name was dropped on me. And God was like, call him. And I'm like, I look at the clock. It's 1130 at night. I'm like, God, I am not calling this girl, <laughs> man, at 11.30 at night to say what? What am I going to say? I don't even yeah. know what to say. And then he was like, told you what to do. And I have this relationship with God. I don't know about everybody else. I have this relationship with God. He says one thing and doesn't say anything else. He says one thing. If I don't do it, he stays on it. And I'm like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? He's like, I already told you. And it'll go, it'll go something as simple as that. He's like, call him. And I'm like, ah, I'm not calling him. It's 1130 at night. But what should I do? He's like, I already told you to call him. So I'm like, okay, but can we text? It's like 1130 at night. Let's be for real. Then he's like, get in contact with him. I'm like, okay, cool. And I text Parker at 1130. I got that because it's the first message on here. <laughs> um, 1130, Wednesday, March 15. Actually, no. That was beforehand. Um. I, hold on, give me one second. It was, let me find it. I got to make sure of this. Um, it, no, it wasn't 11. It was 11-14, March the 28th. <clears throat> and I told him, hey, I can't shake this. There's something going on here. I don't know what it is. I don't know why, because I did text you. I text you March 15th because it was another time God had you in my heart. And I just was like, I don't know what to do. So uh, I'm going to throw it out there. Right, God, if he's on my heart and you put him on my heart, I'm going to throw it out there. And let's, whatever happens, happens. Um, then March 18th comes around. And uh, tw 28th, my bad. March 28th comes around. And I am like, uh, God, I can't shake this. God's like, get in contact with him. I'm like, hey, Parker, I can't shake this. I don't know what's going on. But God put it on my heart. To, you know, start a friendship, yeah. whatever it is, so ever may it be. I'm just, I want to obey God. I just want to make this an open area to where it's like, hey, me and you, we can have a good line of communication, right? And I'm I'm one that's like open and oftentimes I'll fall off the deep end before anybody else, right? I'll open, I'll give my life, I'll give my vulnerability before anybody else because I understand the the pressure that it takes to do it. But yeah. in the same way, the pressure that you give to jumping off the cliff is also the same pressure that's released off of you once you jump, right? So I said that without knowing why. I was like, hey, God, you put him on my heart. He's been on my heart for months at this point, right? And I'm like, I'm going to at least say something. I'm going to tell him. 
And it's kind of weird because we never really spoken before. We never really had like a conversation. It was always in like greetings and goodbyes. Yeah. It's like, hey, what's up? Or it's like, all right, peace. We never really like sat down and talked or got to know each other. And it was on my heart to get to know you. But then I was like, at the same time, how do I be like, hey, I want to get to know you. But at the same time, it's like, hey, this is our first time speaking. But I'm like, okay, guys, yeah. if this is something that you want me to do. I'll do it. No problem. No questions asked. And we get to the point to where we're able to actually sit down and have a conversation and we go to lunch that day and we have a conversation. And as we're leaving, I, uh, Preston and Tim Ross come out with another uh, podcast, the second part of the podcast, which is called um, Learn From Our Mistakes, right? Watch the whole thing. They're telling how they went through these mistakes in ministry and how they grew in ministry together as well as like learn these things together. And at the end of that one, hits me again. He's like, now do you want, I was like, he said, do you want that? And I'm like, of course. He said, do what I asked. And I was like, here you go again with this yeah. open ended stuff. What am I, what does that mean? You said, yeah. dude, you asked me to do everything. I'm, I'm here. You asked me to quit my job. Like at this point, I'm like, I, I'm not like fed up, but I'm like confused. Cause you know how God, like he may speak something and that's something maybe for like a month down the road. Yeah, but for sure. he told you, right. And I'm like, you, you, I'm doing everything you asked. I'm not even working right now. I don't have a job because you asked me to do it. What do you mean, do what you asked? And um, he said, do it, do what I asked. And I'm here like, Nick, what do you mean? And um, it goes on, man. And to sit here now in this moment, I said all that to get here. To sit now in this moment, to hear you say that, to know what God has put in my heart, I'm just like, I believe wholeheartedly with my life that that is a position that I'm willing to play and then yeah. that I was also put for in yeah. a way, right? From the beginning of coming to this church to witnessing who you are, to being there, to seeing everything, to now be where we are now. It's like, hey, you're in my house. We're doing a podcast, right? This is maybe like our second time sitting down talking to each other, but it's like <laughs> just... And I understand it's like time put into it, but it's like if there's anybody orchestrating, guiding this relationship, it's definitely not us. Yeah. It's definitely not out of my power to be like, bro, me, Eli, Seth had to go on a trip to Miami somewhere for me to be like, okay, these guys are cool. I could kick it with them. It took months of us talking, not months, it took weeks and uh, months. It took months of us talking. I knew me and Eli first talked in November and we took that trip and like, February, March, maybe it took weeks of us talking to yeah. be like, okay, I'll give it a try. And then it was like, okay, I'm going to give it a try. Then uh, we went to, I don't know why I decided to get in them in the car with them and go four hours away. But I was like, Hey, let's do it. I'm bored. And we went four hours away for the race. And I'm like, okay, I can, I can kick it with these guys. And it took weeks later for me to be like, all right, I need an accountability circle and I can trust you guys enough to do that for me. Yeah. That took weeks to get there. But then I'm looking, I'm like, this is my second time talking to this guy and we're sitting here talking about doing, we, we're doing a podcast together and I'm like, God, I, this is not of me. But to hear you say all that and I come back to the fact of like, hey, goddess, this is what you want me to do? Which I already know. I'm already aware. But in my heart, right? In my mind, I never, how can I go up to you after having one conversation with you and I'll be like, okay, watch these two podcasts. And then if I if you were to watch those two podcasts and realize the chemistry, I don't know if you've ever seen the two podcasts. Um, but if I was like, you see the chemistry that these guys have, you've seen like the, 
the friendship that these guys have. Yeah. yeah you see how it's one black and there's yeah. one white. He's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's you see, me. You see. You see. <laughs> Look what we can do. <laughs> Come be a part of my team. Right? That's like, in my yeah. eyes, that's mad weird. I can't do that. That's not of me, right? And But to watch God like work all this out to where we're in the moment now. And it's like, pray to ask for the, I pray to ask for the Holy Spirit to move in this thing like the day we set it up, right? And I'm just like, do what you're going to do. But now to realize and see and be in the moment where God is like, do what I asked you to do. And it'll lead you here. But I'm like, God, that was, I can't even, that was weeks ago. That was yeah. last, it's May. that We first talked in March sometime. And yeah. I'm just like, <sighs> I'm putting it out on the table. I'm putting it out on the table. I don't know if you know who Tim Ross is, who Preston oh, yeah. is. I just got done listening. Uh, he came out with one with Jackie Hill Perry. That Bro, junk. That's that junk was... That's two hours and the fastest two hours and thirty minutes I ever seen. I, I I'm still I probably have like fifteen minutes left, but I remember uh, after Pastor Jesse's birthday party last night, mm. I'm like listening to it, and she's talking about uh, they're talking about sound of like and music and stuff like that. How like you don't like dance because of the lyrics, you dance because of the sound. Mm-hmm. And Jackie Hill Perry says the sound weakens the sermon. I was like, Lord Ooh. have mercy. Oh, Lord have mercy. I was like. Oh. Ah. Some holy keys, my ah. <laughs> I was like, Isha, ta, ta, ta. <laughs> I was so, like, in the name of Jesus, bro. Jeez. Bro, nah, it was a good episode, bro. Nah, listen, I, I definitely, especially, uh, yeah, I really like the Tim Ross podcast. Yes, yes. So the basement, of course, is yeah, yeah, a wonderful basement. listen. And um, and I think I listened to like the first episode of the leadership, leader, the leaders leader cut, cut thing, yeah, yeah, that. But they that friendship that they have and that they shared, it was like when they first came on Tim Ross podcast. I was like, okay, that's that's something great to have. Like, I'm like everybody else that he talks about in the next episode. That's like, oh, I want, I want my person. Oh, I want my Tim. You know that relationship. <laughs> and I was like, God, you know what? I want one too. Like, you know if what? You, if you're giving them out, let me get one of those. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, that kid you was judging all that time. Go be friends with him. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no I didn't say no. I didn't say that. I was like, okay, but this is gonna be. This is going to be weird because I look, I can look back and this is where another thing that I'm going through now is comparison kills, right? Yeah. I didn't know. I have such deep rooted comparison issues that I didn't even know I had them until God pointed them out. And you want to know he pointed them out while you were preaching? Um, It's crazy. I was sitting there and then he pointed out the comparison uh, issues that were like so deep rooted that. I thought that they were a part of my regular life. Mm. Like, I just thought, oh, that's just how the way that I think. I didn't know that this was something that I was taught at a young age. And from a young age, it scarred me so bad that I implemented it into my everyday life until the 22-year-old I am now. And I'm just like, dang. So going back through that, and it's like, don't know how I got there. Trying to find my way back. All right. It's like real tough for me, right? It's, uh, yeah. I'm really trying to find how I got here. It's so quick how I got here. But I'm having, like, comparison issues and going through those and uh, still being a part of what God's trying to call me, what God's calling me to do, but trying to do it. I find it hard sometimes to listen to a podcast and then do a podcast. Like, yeah. I find it hard because I, I, I don't. Okay, maybe it's true. Okay. I don't try to idolize Tim Ross, but the vulnerability that he sits in, the transparency that he walks with has influenced and helped my life so much that his 
thoughts and his um the way that he governs himself bleeds through a little bit and in the midst of me doing my podcast while listening to his podcast the comparison and the uh and the bleeding through of the two kind of clash and it's my fault in all honesty but like I have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in a way that God can guide me on how I do mine versus how he does his, yeah. right? So, um, I can't remember why I say all that, but I say all that for some reason. And in due time, it'll come back to me. <laughs> but um, the, he has a great podcast. Yeah. And all, I'm saying he has a great podcast, and obviously God's doing what he needs to do through him. But at the same time, God asked me to start a podcast. He didn't ask me to go be the basement part two. He gave me safe space and what it is. And uh, in the way, okay, this is maybe, I don't know. When you were, because um, in Tim Ross' podcast, he talks about how it's dangerous to for preachers to preach off of something that they're still bleeding from. Yeah. Because it's like, it's a biohazard for somebody to receive your blood, right? For somebody to, when, when, when you're pricked in a in a nursing's office or you're given blood in a hospital, those needles have to be thrown away in a certain cartridge because of the fact that, hey, if somebody grabs this, it's now like risk for disease. This is risk for illness. And the same in the churches, like if preachers start preaching on things that they are are still bleeding from, this is now risk for the people in the audience now yeah. because that projection, that illness is still there because this this wound isn't healed, right? So went down that road and I felt like I was about to make the connection and flew away. Um, but it's like his, the preaching from the place that you're bleeding is an issue. So when you were about to talk about something that hurt, I then refract it to what Tim said about, yeah. Hey, if you're bleeding, don't talk about it. And I was about to project that onto you. And then the Holy Spirit was like, shut up. And then I, that's, that was just like another sign of, for me at least, um, when it comes to the sensitivity, of course, and then the same fact of this is not that. That podcast yeah. is beautiful on its own because God is in it, and God he is doing what God asked him to do. This is going to be beautifully and unique because I am doing what God asked me to do. And if somebody is bleeding and they come into a safe space, this is a place where it's a possibility that they're healed, right? And this is a place for... I was going to say reconciliation. If that happens, this yeah. is a place for whatever God is going to do. But I can't I can't conform my platform to what he's already built. And I think that's that's just an issue for me. And uh, that's just something that was shown to me real time. But other than that, man, I'm, I'm just opening the space to yeah. be that constant person in your life. Just taking it back there. Um, and, of course, it'll do a lot more talking off camera camera off podcast <laughs> off the podcast and yeah you know we sure develop it if you know you're down but that that moment in my life where it was like euphoric every time i listen to this and then he's pointing towards you and then i'm like i don't know how to do it and then now we're sitting down here and you're like talking through your story and then god's like ask him about community and i'm like okay i was yeah. going to finish you know and then now it's just like the plate's open the ball's in your court yeah but and I, I would just to talk about community, like I, the thing is, I do have good people in my life. Yes, I yes. have good friends that I can see myself being lifelong friends with. Um, so if you're my friend and you're listening to this and you're like, how dare Parker? It's like, no. <laughs> I hope you hear my heart. Like <laughs> I've heart, never, I've never had like consistency when it comes to 
when it comes to those people. I've always had great friends. Get don't get me wrong. Um, just like I have a really good friend, but then I have to prepare myself because he's leaving in like six months. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you're not always. Not you're gonna be sure. thousands of miles away. Like I'm talking about the person that like. I was in North Carolina to preach at a youth retreat and I'm talking to the youth pastor and just talking about like, we were talking about community and I was like, yeah, like I'm kind of just struggling with community. He's like, that's crazy. He's like, um, the youth pastor's name is Josh Brown mm-hmm. and their oh worship, gosh. their worship leader is Hunter. Um, and he's like, yeah, when I came back to North Carolina, what Josh was saying this, he's like, when I came back to North Carolina, like I was in a really like hard place, broken place. He's like, but Hunter, like every day texting me to check up on me. Mm-hmm. He's like, no matter what. And it got to the point where like there was a young adults thing happening and Hunter asked me if I was going and Josh was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going. Like I just can't. Mm-hmm. And Hunter is literally driving on his way to this young adult yeah. thing. And Hunter's like, what type of friend am I, would I be if I went to this young adults thing knowing that my friend isn't going because he's hurting? Mm-hmm. So then instead, Hunter called him back, turned around and was like, hey, I'm picking you up. You're going to hang out at my place with me. Mm. And if I'm, being, if I'm being honest, that's always something that I wanted. Yeah. I feel like it's never something that I actually ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, because even to going back to the season where I was in of just like brokenness, hurt, like feeling abandoned, people were also going through stuff. Yeah. And they knew that they can count on me. Mm-hmm. So they would always go to me. And obviously being who I am, like I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm there for you. Open like, on. And I, I cried a lot in that mm-hmm. season. And I remember, like, I cried a lot by myself in that season. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people cried to me in that season as well. And it's it, and to see, I'm going to say that, like, when my job was done for their emotional comfort mm-hmm. or when that thing was solved in their life, but they knew I was still hurting, I still wouldn't get the same thing back. Yeah. So when we and it's something that now, and like I said at the very beginning of this podcast, I have no bitterness in my heart towards anyone. I don't have any hateful thoughts. Mm-hmm. I love everybody. You love everybody. I want to be friends with everybody. I don't. Not everybody wants to be friends with me, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's that's okay, you know. People, uh, some people think I'm obnoxious because I'm loud, because I am loud. I get the now. There's a difference. I yeah. love youth ministry. Yes, I will invest my whole entire life into youth ministry. The being that it is, and I love. I'm, I'm not gonna. Say, I, I love where the Lord is taking me in that. So I'm going to go buck wow with my youth students. Of course. I'm going I'm to be the obnoxious person. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, there's times where I just want to chill. That was the side I was struggling with. 
that sure. sometimes I just because everybody knows me as high energetic. So as soon as like it was funny, like I came back on the staff and they're like, yeah, like part people would come up to me and be like, Parker just like isn't himself. Like, is he OK? And that they come back to me. I'm like, well, when was it? Because I was like. Not er- not all the time. I'm gonna be high energy. Like I'm. Exactly. I just want to chill. I just want to chill with my homies. That doesn't mean anything's wrong with me. I was like, I that, just want to chill. That <laughs> is the basis of what my questioning started off with. I was like, God, God, listen, listen. Ain't no way you made somebody that can be on 10, 24 No, there's no way. And I, I need, need my to, downtime. I need to see the regular him, right? Yeah. And at the beginning, I never saw you in ministry because i wasn't in youth yeah right the only parker i knew was the parker that was like young adults hangout parker that's all i knew and i was like this guy's on smoke on right 10. Now. like he's on 10 like he about to do a backflip if somebody <laughs> lets him i promise you like you were up you were out you were jumping out yeah like, he seems like a cool guy if he were to chill but i never seen you chill and yeah it's like <sighs> look that's why i was asking i was like hey so um, how is it when you sit down how is it i think the first message i sent you was like is your soul okay or something like that and i was <laughs> yeah. like it seems deep but i was like i just wanted to make sure no like it's true like and that's something that i've always just struggled with was like i give a lot in friendships mm-hmm. i just give a lot in general yeah because you know when i see something worth fighting for or investing, I'm not gonna invest sixty percent. I'm gonna yeah. invest my whole entire under there. time, energy, money, and the thing that I'm now having to be wiser with is, and which is gonna sound bad, which is who actually gets that mm. because you know it's because I love doing it. And I will do it if the Lord's like pointing out people. I'll do it no matter what. But I've experienced so much hurt mm-hmm. in doing that. That like, I'm just like, that's why like, I think I'm finding it so hard to find community right now. Mm-hmm. Because I do have, when I say that, I have friends. Yeah. So if my friends are listening to this and they're butt hurt, first of all, don't <laughs> gossip about it to other friends. Come to me if you have an hey. issue with what I'm saying. You hey. know what I'm saying? Um, I'm, hey. gonna, I'm just going to hey. point that out there hey. for everybody to know. Take you know don't, don't, don't go to your boo thing. Don't go to your other friends. Come to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because I ain't about that life. No more. Oh. No more. No more. No more. Once was. Once was. Not no more. I don't live. I don't live for that stuff. So if you okay. got a problem, come to me. You hey, know what I'm saying. Don't let your source. bitterness stay rooted in your heart. You know Oof. what I'm saying. But I have great friends. But in times where I thought I needed someone, people wouldn't show up, mm. and that's why when I had that revelation with the Lord, it's like, but I was there, Parker. Mm-hmm. And it was really a moment of like, if no one ever show, if no one else ever checks up on me, don't care. I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm chilling hey. because I know the Lord is there with me the whole entire time. So instead of always striving or even desiring the presence of another person in my life, now it's like now nah, I just desire. 
the presence of the Lord in my life because I know he's never forsaken me. Mm -hmm. He's never left me and he's always there. Um, but I had to go through all, I, ha I had to go through all that. To. There was no other way around it, which sucks because I, I'm still healing from all that yeah. stuff. Like I'm still not, I wouldn't say still healing from like the actual acts, but now I'm in a process of my healing where I'm having to heal from trauma from my childhood on how I view myself. Mm -hmm. It's no longer hurts from other people. It's hurts from Parker. It's little Parker in the back. It's, it's, it's no longer, Oh, you did me dirty. It's I've allowed myself to think this way of my, mm -hmm. of myself. So now, now I'm in a whole, <laughs> you know, a whole new can of like trying to rethink and yeah. how to view myself the way that the Lord views myself. But I, in order for me to fully achieve that, I can no longer strive for the approval of other people nope. because the striving for that led me to viewing myself in a such a negative way. Mm -hmm. Now, I already know I'm accepted and approved by the Lord. I'm his beloved mm. and That's whom he is well pleased with, well you know? Pleased. And now when I take that and I s detect the lie and exchange it for the truth and what he says about me, mm -hmm. I'm no longer building a foundation or identity or a viewpoint of myself based off the approval of other people because time and time again, people have left me. People have abandoned me. People yep. have just left me to to, to die, really. Mm -hmm. But now I've switched it for, this is how God views me. And it's life-giving. Mm. And it produces peace. It produces a joy. And it's been, the past seven months have been hell. I ain't gonna <laughs> lie. But now I'm seeing just the fruit of all that in my life. And... I, could, I don't think I'm out of the season yet. No. I think I'm near the end of it for sure. But I can definitely say that, like, the Lord's been in it. And I could, no one could produce anything like this. This can only be the Lord, you know, mm -hmm. so. Great to hear, right? Honestly, really uh, refreshing, really, I was going to say heart grasping. But in a way, it's like. Just a as we know, as Christians, we, um, we, I forgot the, the verse and revelations by the words of our testimony, you know, that part, right? So it's the faith that, that grows and that's how we get by is by the stories and the, um, the stories of others and the presence of God in our lives. But just one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Friends. The part where he's like, I love everybody. I want to be friends with everybody. And I did the podcast with Bailey. I'm not sure how far away it is from this one when it came out. You know, it's not at that point yet. Yeah, yeah. But um, just hearing her heart for it and when she said it about struggling with the, um, the part of her life that's like a people-pleasing yeah. And it's like just wanting to see everybody happy in a way that makes her lose grasp of herself, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like trying to see everybody happy. I'm spreading myself thin. And I was like, I get it, right? 
I don't think I've ever suffered with people pleasing, so I can kind of like speak yeah, yeah. on the other side of it. Um, I understand it. I'll never get it. I mean, not get it. I'll never have the experience that you have or went through, but I, I understand the premise of it, right? My thing is, I love everybody. Wholeheartedly, I love everybody. I can come in contact with anybody, and there'll be a love there. It's not of me, but it's of God, right? That's yeah, yeah. The, that's the the overflow of love from I'm receiving from Jesus is how I can love everybody. But I know I'm not going to be friends with everybody. And it's like being able to determine and be able to set who I know I can be friends with and who is just going to be that person that I love from a distance, I felt like is a major part of me not falling into the people-pleasing aspect. Yeah. And of course, it goes back some time, right? A lot of times, people who suffer with people-pleasing can, like, trace back to their childhood where it's, like, in a moment where I had to... I, I was everything for everyone, right? And I had... If I wasn't good, then nobody was good. Or they at least put that pressure onto themselves. And I'm grateful that I was brought up in the way that I was brought up in. And, uh, and God played this hand of cards to me is the fact that I was the youngest in my family. Right. I was I'm the youngest child of the youngest child. My dad was the last one out of eight kids. Um, so from my dad's side, I received a lot of love because like I'm my father's son and my father is loved by his siblings. And because they love my father so much, they can love me because I look like my I'm look like my dad. So I'm just like a little version of my dad. And then from my mom's side, um, my mom's side is very loving. And uh, I was I was about to say my mom's side is complicated, but then I realized my mom's side will listen to this, which I love you all. I love every single one of you guys. <laughs> he said, let me retract you, that statement you know, real quick. The yeah. love there can get complicated at times, right? <laughs> but there's still love there at the end of the yeah. day. That's all that matters, right? And the and I receive love from them as well. And um, so through my life, I never felt the pressure or I never felt the need to take on the pressure of like pleasing everyone because I was born into a position of just overflowing love yeah. from both sides of my family. And uh, so people-pleasing was never something that I I had struggled with because I could just, like, oh, if somebody didn't like me, it doesn't matter because I have, like, my grandmother has yeah. 20-something grandkids, right? If you don't like me, I still have cousins, right? I don't care, right? But the point to where I I said all that, I don't know why, but I got to the point, and I'm sitting in and then dwelling in the point of realizing that I don't, have to be friends with all of you, right? And I feel like sometimes that could be something freeing for people that are, like, in a season of pe uh, people pleasing or in a lifestyle that is trying to please people. It's like you can love everybody and still not have a relationship with everybody. It's okay for you to take care of your family, love your family, and then go outside and have maybe, like, two or three people that you talk to on a yeah. daily basis. But you know those people are for you. Um I, I say that again, I said it in the other podcast, but it's just like knowing that everybody's guilt and shame and lifestyles does not fall on your shoulders is something that's very uh, relieving in a way. But despite me saying it over and over, there's nothing that I can do out of my own power. There's nothing yeah. I can do with my words that are going to free you from that. Um, but I will introduce you to Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, who, you know, <sighs> take all that away. Yeah. But it takes the... It takes the courage. It takes the heart to uh, go back to him um, and take that with you to him and heal. You know, you yeah. have to. Some people, man, they get released from it same day. They got that same day delivery. Then some people, yeah. they got standard delivery. That's going to take three to six years. So yeah. either way, man, you got to be able to buckle up. And I can definitely say 
I am a big people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say not anymore. Yeah. Um, there was kind of a switch. And this, when I say this season has literally changed the trajectory of my life mm-hmm. and how I view it, it literally has. Um, because um, for a while there, like, I was just like, okay, how can I make this person feel better? How can mm-hmm. I make this person feel more comfortable? How can I make my ex feel comfortable going to young adults? How can I make the church staff, like, I was, yeah. I was, it w- it was I was so like, okay. Man. And it literally took it was taking from me mm-hmm. and, but instead of being on the opposite side of being like, man, bump everybody. I had the mind switch change of, I'd rather be pleasing God than pleasing people. Yeah. And if I know that I'm pleasing the Lord and I'm right in the eyes of the Lord, then I really don't care what you think or what you have to say. Not at all. And it got to a point where you know, I felt like the Lord was putting some stuff on my heart, some conversations that needed to be had, mm-hmm. some things that needed to be said, some apologies that needed from my end, and I can, and which I did, you know, yeah. and people can still be bitter towards me. People can still have a perception of me that might not be true, yeah. Um, but that's their reality. That's but at the end of the day, I'm I can say that I've done everything on earth on my earthly ability mm-hmm. to f- fix or to reconcile whatever the Lord wanted me to do yeah. that now I no longer have this weight of getting someone's approval because I know I've done all that I could do. And now it's just literally an alley-oop to the Lord on whatever the Lord wants to do. Mm-hmm. If the Lord wants to reconcile this, the Lord will. If the Lord wants to restore this, the Lord will. If the Lord wants to build a friendship out of this, the Lord will. But, at the end of the day, I'm not here to please Christian. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to please the pastors of the Springs Church. I'm not nope. here to please the the youth students that I see every single Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I'm here to please the Lord. Yeah, I'm here to set my mind and heart on things that are pure, mm-hmm. righteous, and worthy of praise. Come on. And once... And this is coming from a people, a hardcore people pleaser. Yeah, yeah. But the that's only the Lord gave me the revelation of how less I am and how much more He is. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, man, if I'm le- if I'm that less, shoot, my neighbor is also that less too. And I'm like, I'd rather strive. I'd ra- not strive. I would rather have the seal of approval from the Lord than have the seal of the approval of the same people that crucified Christ. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, look, if me and God good, then that's all that yeah. needs to be good. I'm like, <laughs> it's funny. Like everybody's like, Parker, like, how are you doing? I'll, like, and I'll be, I'll be like, well, like I'm doing good and good in this area. A little okay. I was like, but there's one thing me and God tight. I know, I know him on a first name basis. Hey, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, yes, you are my guy. So, um, that's my two cents on like people pleasing that like, I just had to, had to get off your chest. Not even had to get off my chest, but like, hopefully that helps someone that like, yeah. you don't have to strive for the approval of people because you're already approved by your heavenly father. And that's the only thing that actually has value. Mm-hmm. And on this world, because I love that we're and youth were going on the series about eternity yeah. because it's literally going to, I believe it's going to change 
people's viewpoints and thoughts on how they're going to live their life now. Yeah. Because you're no longer s- living for this home. You're living for what are you what are you living for now? <laughs> just type of thing. So. I just feel at the end of this the this series just to get up and read Ecclesiastes for them, just the whole thing. Yeah, you know. Just like have them with their mouth <laughs> open like what? <laughs> what? It's just like yeah, by the way, everything is meaningless. But you know what God gives to you is great. <laughs> so take a hold to what He's given you, and the rest is pointless. You know. Oh my gosh! <laughs> what's the point after chasing? At, what's the point? Oh dang! He said chasing after riches is like chasing after the wind. You go outside, catch me wind. I'll give you the riches. Mm. Go for it, and I'll wait. But um, it's great, bro. It's great. Uh, I'm a this journey, this journey, this new season that you know you might not be in yet, but the one that you're stepping into. Yeah. As you know, he graces you to close the door to the last one. And as you open the doors to the new one, um, I'm excited for I'm excited to watch. Uh, I had something and it slipped my mind again because, like I said, my memory is bad. But with the Holy Spirit, it will come back. But while it's doing that, okay, so we've been through a lot, right? We've been through a lot and I quite 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 can't put us on the timeline of where we're standing now, but I feel like we might be in the present right now. We might be in the present. I'm not sure. Um, but we've been through, you come to church, you're going through ministry. You've been in ministry for, you know, the years that you are in, um, the, the experience, the hurt that you have and to be like, okay, God is taking me from here to here. And as I close the door on the last part of my life, you say you're coming to the end, so you're not really closing the doors yet. But as I, you know, near the finish, or as it feels you near the you near the yeah. finish of your last season, right? And you look back on where you have been and where you are now. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I need at least <clears throat> not really a number, but give me some some takeaways. I need like. Mm. Oh, some, I got some, some takeaways. Give me like some hard oh. hitters or whatever hitters. Um. When you feel like the Lord is calling you to something or has laid something on your heart, mm-hmm. don't compromise. Break that down for me. Don't compromise. So what, what would that look like? I'm a related to my life. So I have a call in my life. I mm-hmm. feel called to be a youth pastor. Yes. But I can pinpoint so many different times where I've compromised on that call. And I've given in to something else. Or I've allowed something to take away from that. Mm-hmm. Now I'm living my life. There ain't going to be no relationship that's going to compromise it. Mm-hmm. No friendship that's going to compromise mm-hmm. it. Uh-oh. 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 No sin that's going to compromise Ooh. it. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. But the thing is, is that I've lived my life compromising because I wanted the fulfillment of the temporary things, of the instant things, Mm -hmm. whether that was pornography, whether that was a relationship. Everybody wants to get married. Everybody. Everybody wants to get married. That's one of the big goals, you know, of life is marriage. Or everybody wants to be accepted. Everybody wants to. And I've compromised i've put that on a pedestal Mm -hmm. or a higher priority than being like lord what is it that you actually want to do in my life and i'm at a point 22 years old where i no longer 
can or want to compromise Mm -hmm. on that anymore because I've realized my selfish desires, my sinful nature, and what that produces. And I just don't want to compromise on that no more. And it's, I'm going to relate the basement. Go for it. Um, because it's not even. He put it out there. Uh, it was the Jackie Hill Perry. They were talking about holiness. Mm-hmm. And something that I feel like the Lord has really been putting on my heart and on my mind is how we view holiness as a whole. And they were talking about how this generation, like our generation, yeah. we're like, we're the, okay, that's a little too much. Or that's a little holier than thou. Like, mm-hmm. you're being a little too much there. Like, come on, just chill out. But they're like, we're reading about holiness in the Bible. And it's like, that's the standard. Like, that's what holiness is. Yeah. It's not, no, there's no, like, other way around it. It's like, I'm sorry, boo-boo, but, like, <laughs> that is holiness. Like, this is, if we're going by the truth of the Bible, we call the Bible the truth, why are we taking the truth and putting our two cents? So, something that, like, I've had I've had to like been like okay Parker you're not because people will be like Parker you're that's that's a little too like oh you don't want to like listen to that music anymore or you don't want to like dance like that mm-hmm. or like present and, and I'm like no <laughs> like and they're like oh that's a little, little okay holier than thou HTT and it's like no I'm just uh, like living to the standard of what holiness actually is, is. If, and like oh my goodness it's been oh my. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's weird because I'm like, man, people can say that I'm being too much or like I'm being a like too Christian. It's like I'm not being too Christian. I'm just being a Christian. I'm being, well, I'm reading the word. I'm seeing the standard that they're setting, mm-hmm. and I'm just trying to live by that standard. Okay, Jesus, that's a little too <laughs> like, holy. I'm just too <laughs> holy, brother. Like, it's like, Did you have to go on the cross? <laughs> Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm read. If I'm really trying to apply this word, if I'm really supposed to live out this word, I'm sorry. I'm a. If you if you think I'm gonna be too much, if, then I'm gonna be too much. I'm gonna be in quotes too, too much, much. Too much. So because, but at the end of the day, <laughs> everything is falling. That whole thing just. <laughs> Everything, everything, everything is just falling in this room now. But I'm, it's like, that's not, I'm no longer wanting to do the bare minimum of holiness anymore. I'm trying, if I'm truly supposed to be a new creation, and if the Holy Spirit is leading me from image to image to glory to glory, and if I'm supposed to be a reflection of who Christ is on earth, Mm And that going back to the whole two face thing, I'm not, I'm sorry. The way that I interact with people in church is going to be the same way I interact with the world. The same way I'm going to love the, it doesn't mean I'm going to, doesn't mean I'm going to do what the world does. No. Cause I ain't no two faced. I'm one. And I'm, I'm just, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like, cause they were talking about how like the older generation, they'd be too legalistic. Yeah. But now our generation is like, to like, oh, you're doing too much. Oh, like, let me live my life. Like, too you, free. Too free. Too free. And they're like, we need to get back to the to the middle where like, 
yes, there's grace, but yes, there's still a standard of holiness that we're supposed to be living for and living to. There's and a I'm, standard. There's a standard. There's a standard. I'm and I, and you know. to go back, like, that's why I'm no longer willing to compromise mm-hmm. for what God wants to do in my life. Mm-hmm. Because when I read my word, the living word, there's a standard that I'm supposed to be living by. Yes. So the world sees not me, but Christ. Christ. I wanted to interrupt so bad. <laughs> right? So bad. But once again, I can't really, I really can't be speaking. Because in Proverbs, Solomon says about um, foolish is the one who speaks without thinking, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And just that space in between me speaking me 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 thinking and me opening my mouth is where the Holy Spirit comes in. But anyway, um, the standard that we live by as Christians has become so. We are so so far under what the standard is that is set by the Bible. I feel right. Oh yeah, because. We want to be so inclusive of everyone. And I get it, right? The love that we have is for everyone, right? But for the simple fact of calling ourselves Christians, that means we live by, first off, to be a Christian, we understand, is to accept what Jesus did on the cross and to choose to follow him, right? But when we then pick up our crosses daily, understanding and knowing that the standard and the foundation that is set inside the Bible is the standard and foundation that we must follow. We then lose the salt that God speaks about, that Jesus speaks about in, I believe it's Matthew, when we throw the inclusion on top of it, in my opinion, right? And I'm not saying that we are wrong for being inclusive. I say that we are wrong for watering down what is right watering down truth watering down the truth for others to be accepting of it because then at that point we're not even teaching the truth we're teaching like half truth some truth but then for where where will we be right where are we going this is not even where we'll be where are we going if as the as the body of christ you know as, as the church as the body of christ we are now teaching half of what Jesus said, right? If there's manipulation and there is, say, so my the beginning of my life, right now is my first time reading through the entire Bible. Yeah. For the beginning of my life, I was <clears throat> I grew up in church. I was raised in church. I was always in church. Monday, no, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, if something was going on. I was always in church. But my perception of the Bible was created from someone else. I the verses that I read now and reflecting on the ver- and the way that I first heard these verses, I'm like, these people were twisting the Bible out of the wazoo. Like, I, it's like, but to look at that manipulation that was going on in the church and then to now look at the new generation and be like, okay, you're not manipulating the Bible, but you're only, you are manipulating the Bible because you're only telling like the first part of the Bible that sounds good. Like that first verse, you're, you're, you're clipping off the back end of that verse to make it sound good, or you, you're misdrewing it to the way that caters to an audience. So it's like you're taking Jesus and 
you're telling about half of what he said. And I'm like, so where was that? Where would that lead us as a body of Christ? I don't know. That's just on my heart. It's like, where will we, where are we going to end up if not becoming and going back to what the truth is that is written? Yeah. How far, how far will we stray? Because if we go back, right. And I believe the old Testament is very important. That's why it's long. The old Testament is longer than the new Testament. Right. But we live by the new Testament, but the old Testament is it's like this is God and the people, right? This is before Jesus. So this is God leading the people. And if we go back in the Old Testament and we read about um the Israelites in Jerusalem, not Jerusalem, the Israelites in Egypt before uh before Moses, and we read about the Israelites in the wilderness, and then we read about the judges, and we read about um right now I'm in I'm in Ecclesiastes and I'm in like the reign of Solomon and everything. And I'm looking like these people, right? Believed in God. They were raised their their foundation were, as Israelites was raised off of God, right? Them being able to come to Egypt through African names. So that whole thing that happened in, um, Genesis, where the reconciliation of a relationship brought them to Egypt to live fruitfully, then gone bad when the pharaohs were changed because yeah. the, the, that pharaoh no longer respected the, you know, yeah. I forgot, I'm bad with <laughs> names. He no longer respected their leader. And for that relationship to go sour, and then God's like, okay, cool, I can lead you out of that place. But when I'm leading you out of that place, I need your trust and I need you to follow me, right? Yeah. And for them to trust him for a little bit, and then as soon as Moses go up on the mountain for them to turn to the calves and for him to like just to see the retaliation of God. And I'm like, OK, if he did that with them. And now looking at my generation, I'm like, if we're telling the half truth of Jesus, what is going to happen to us? I don't want to get to that point. Right? Yeah. But what would ha- what oh, no, no. I think the future of us is scary to know that. Destruct generations have come and they've gone. The destruction of kingdoms, kingdoms come and they fall. Where are we leading our people? Yeah. Are we on the good side of, I want to say the the exodus of the the Israelites where it's like, hey, we're going to trust God to walk through the middle of this Red Sea. Then Moses slaps the, uh, the staff down and the water comes up. Are we leading these people towards God or are we on the backside of, you know, their, their walk through the wilderness where it's like, we're now worshiping golden calves. Yeah. I I am not terrified because I'm trusting I'm trusting in God whole heart honestly, but for my brothers and sisters, the ones that I can't change their heart, where are where are they being led if they're yeah. leading each other you know blindly in the blind where are they being led and that's where my heart falls to and that's where my heart goes out to is like not being holier than thou but we have to get back to the standard that is set yeah there's a standard that's set. And of course we fall short of the glory of God, but it's like if we don't recognize that we have, we just gonna keep falling. And as Christians, if we're meant to set the example and we keep falling, what are we doing to the others? And that's my that's my whole heart right now, honestly. Yeah. My whole heart is that. What I love about youth ministry is that going back to like the Israelites. Mm-hmm. Um that was a clear, and when I read it, and 
I'm I'm also doing like a Bible in one year yeah. type of thing, and I'm in uh, Judges, mm-hmm. and it's just funny that like time and time again, like <laughs> the Israelites, they continuously like start worshiping <sighs> golden calves and worshiping yeah. other gods, and it just because they're we're building off of. almost miraculous experiences mm-hmm. of God and that actually the nature and character of God. Yeah. And what I love about youth ministry is that you also see that in this generation that these kids are building their foundation of faith based off what God has done in their life yeah, and not of who God actually is that's in it. their life. And that's where things can get a little rocky and rough because our God is a miraculous God. Yes. Our God does do the miraculous things and he and he does do it. But when we have that expectation that he's gonna always do it that way, mm. that's when God's like, I don't always work like that, boo boo. Mm. Sometimes I do gotta lead you through the fire. But who's there with you? Sometimes I am gonna lead you in the storm, but who's there to pick you back up? Because that's the nature and character of who God actually is. And when we start, when we flip the script and start leading a generation of believers to really build off of who God is and his nature and character, Mm -hmm. rather than a youth camp, rather than what he did at on a Wednesday night, rather than what he's doing in your life. When you actually begin to understand the character and nature of God, that's when when you're going through the storm, you know who's going to be there with mm-hmm. you. You're not shaking no more. When you're going through the fire, you will no longer get burned. Mm-hmm. But that can only come when we're, when we have that standard of who God is in your life. And that can only come when we're living out the representation of who Christ actually is. And I think, you know, because... Like I said, like I was one of those kids that would get saved every single Wednesday night <laughs> because of the experience, because yeah. of the feeling. Uh, but now, 22 years old, I'm building off of who God actually is. Is he actually those things that I'm singing about? Mm-hmm. Is he actually, spoiler alert, yes, he is. <laughs> and then some. He's and more. All that and a bag of chips. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I was kind of in conversation with someone last night. Just like catching up because I haven't really caught up with this person in a long time. And we're talking about, um, I forgot what we were talking about, but he was like, he was talking about a song, um, a chorus that he made because he's a worship leader. He writes songs and he's making a song about the character and nature of God. Mm. And it was basically talking about like, I don't believe this because of basically I don't know what like I forget like word for word, but it but the basic premise of it was like I don't believe um, just because of the miraculous signs. I believe because it's who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and he was talking about just the character and nature of Jesus. And he was like, I'm a firm believer that if Jesus were to resurrect and live with us right now, he'd be crucified again. Without a shadow of doubt in my mind. And Probably quicker. 
Honestly, Tommy <laughs> Quinn. He's like, how old? Like, he's like, I'm the son of man. God doesn't exist. <laughs> Get him out of here. Get him out. He's like, and it's, oh, but. It's funny that like when when you say that like I don't even think it's the world that would crucify Christ. It would be the church that would crucify Christ. It would definitely be because <laughs> because we're not living to the standard that's set before us. We're not living out. We're allowing the inclusion to take over. We're allowing the I don't want to step on anybody's toes. I don't want to. Everybody has to. Feel truth hurts. But the thing is, truth also sets you free, bro. And that's what, but that's what we don't understand. All we hear is truth hurts. But we also have to understand that truth will set you free. That's why I ain't afraid on a Wednesday night to be like, "Look, you ladies of Radiate, mm. you dressing, be for real." Be for real, and the, what are you doing? You dress, you posting. You know what? the funny thing you is, as soon as I said that, as soon as I like spoke that message, I went on Instagram the very next day, and kids are. I'm like, Lord have mercy, <laughs> Lord, have, Lord have mercy. What's like, what are on? you doing? What's going on? <laughs> like, look, did I do something wrong? Did, did I not, was I speaking Spanish up there? And I just don't care. Hola, come on. It's like, it's like, no, like the way, like if the Holy Spirit is truly transforming you. Yeah. And if the Holy Spirit truly lives inside of you, mm-hmm. that means one, you will have conviction about certain things. Yeah. And two, you will. Uh, you should be living in a way that honors and glorifies mm-hmm. the Lord. And it's like, and I don't want to that. And I'm a, I don't want that to sound so HTT like, Oh Parker, you're telling other people you better. Guess what? I, I, I got to call myself out on some stuff too. Trust me. I, before you even calling me out, I'm calling myself. Not even that the Holy spirit yeah, calling me yeah, out. You know what I'm saying? He's like, yeah, Parker, are, are you sure? Are you sure you should be speaking like that? Mm-hmm. Like you, I've had this, you know how many apology texts, uh, not, and it's, it's funny. Like even if the, the person didn't perceive it like that, yeah. I'm, there's just something in me that's like, man, I just need, I need to say this. Yeah. And they're like, oh, Parker, I didn't take it that way at all. It's like, oh, that's, and that's fine. I don't care. I don't <laughs> care. The Holy Spirit was like, hey, Parker, you should like, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, okay, gosh, I'm sorry. I wish, I wish he was that nice to me. Yeah, To each his own, right? And you garner your Holy Spirit the way I'm not God. So I'm not going to tell how it's going to speak to you. I'm not going to tell what he's going to tell you. If he's gentle, if he's rough. But I'll say something, and I, and I'll be like, on the edge of my seat. And I normally go by like the mantra of, if I question it, it's probably not good. If I have to question what I'm about to say, I probably shouldn't be saying it. But then, I'm human. I'm Christian, so most of the time I'll say it anyway. If it be for like a laugh, or if it be for yeah. like how I'm feeling at the moment. And then as soon as I shut my mouth, I get smacked, and I'm like, oh, really? Now come on, we better than that. You know good and well that you questioned that before you said it. So what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, do I have to go apologize? And he's like, do I have to go apologize? Why, why you, why you asking me? And I'm just like, oh, now I have to go be like, hey guys, I'm sorry for saying that. I know it was funny, but it just didn't sit right in my spirit. So first off, God, I'm sorry. Second of all, Christian, I'm sorry. Third off, 
I probably shouldn't have said that. So to you guys, I'm sorry. And it's just like you never know how saying what you said or doing what you've done is affecting the other person. Sometimes it doesn't, but it's just the fact of my sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and how God's leading my life overcomes and overwhelms more than anything somebody else could say yeah. and more than anything that I could say to myself, right? And that goes back to the point that I was going to say earlier. I was going back to the point I was going to mm. say earlier. You better go back to that point. About protecting your heart. That has been something that for coming back to Christ has been the theme and the way that he's, he's been like constantly planning out and exposing me to new parts of it. But that has been the theme of my life for the past year, two years that it's been protecting your heart. And a lot of the times I'm like, okay, God, how do I Steve Furnick, uh, for, whatever his last name is, said a couple of things on it that really hit me hard. It's the fact of protecting your heart is in all different forms, right? You have your, he said, your eye gates, your ear gates, and your mouth gates. Uh, your mouth gate. A lot of the times, it's not even what you hear, but it's what you say that can contaminate the area of your heart. And I was like, what? what I say? And I have this thing about the Holy Spirit as well. A lot of the times, I don't know. Like, I'm not aware in the moment of what I am doing wrong. But as soon as I hear something, as soon as I learn something, he's like, okay, you know better, now you do better. So it's like, at one point, I could get away with the fact of, like, the things coming out of my mouth is harming me as well as the things going to my ears. But now... I'm aware that my mouth is a gate that now harms my heart. Yeah. I get in conversations and I say something that in the moment I don't know. But now that I'm aware of the fact that my mouth is now a weapon, I go to say something and the Holy Spirit is like, mm, yeah, for you. And I'm like, oh, I can't even finish my sentence. And it's like, I had something in my brain that I thought was a really good point, but Little did I know what was in my brain that was about to come out of my mouth was nah, going to harm so the perception of somebody that, you know, God is probably <clears throat> trying to call someone else to. That's so good. And that goes to the to the form of gossip that I hate. I hate gossip. Oh. I hate the... Okay, here's how it is. I hate the nature of gossip because it is so welcoming. I hate the fact that people can build relationships off of gossip but in the midst of building a relationship, they're tearing something else down. And I've witnessed this um, firsthand. Okay, Lisa's my wife, so I could talk about this. If not, I'll talk to her about it. We can cut it out. But um, <laughs> <laughs> my wife, my beautiful, lovely wife, is one who still deals with the factor of gossip because a lot of her relationships were built off of it, right? Yeah. And she didn't know until... I question some of those things, and now we're kind of like working through the nature of gossip in the relationships that she has. Um, this is like something like her family's built off. My family's built off of gossip too, so it's like this is something that we're working through. But as of lately, there's been this relationship that she's trying to foster and she's trying to you know cultivate, and word got to her about something that happened within their relationship the person and the one she's trying to cultivate it with, right? Word got to her about the relationship that she's trying to cultivate. And in that relationship, she said something that was vulnerable and close to her heart. And that person then went and became an echo chamber to other people about that thing, right? And it bothered her. 
But then I was like, hey, babe, um, just want to submit this to you. I understand what happened hurts. But if the person that you're cultivating this relationship and the person that she told this to, if between that conversation, if they weren't gossiping, it would have never got back to you. If that, if those two people had that conversation and the, and then the, um, let's, well, let's call them the messenger, if that messenger from that conversation would have never then told the next person and that next person would have never told the next person and this train of gossip never would have went around, you would have never known that those two people had that conversation in the first place. But it's through that sin nature of gossip, which is so welcoming. Don't get me wrong. It's so welcoming. You begin to tie, tie, you begin to tie bonds with people through gossip because of the fact that it feels right. We now, bro, nations are built off of the fact of having a common enemy. So if we can gossip to each other and we then find like a common outlier, we can now become closer through the fact of not liking this person. So it's like, it's very welcoming. Don't get me wrong. But if that train would have never gone as long as it would have, she would have never known that this person shared something that was valuable to someone else. So now she has a negative outlook towards this person, right? In the same sense that she has this negative outlook to this person and she no longer wants to talk to this person, God is calling her to build a relationship with this person. So she is now about to forfeit a call that God has called her to because of gossip, because of that sin, that sin train traveling all the way back around to her and making her feel this way. And that's why I personally hate gossip. I hate it yeah. to the core of me because it's like, that then destroys things that God can call you to, as well as sin as a whole. But I just I, I want to attack something that's very common, something that yeah. happens within the church, something that happens day to day. We aren't even aware of it sometimes. But that thing is that thing is tough, man. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. Mm -hmm. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. Mm. That's biblical. That is so before you even go to your best friend, before you even go to your significant other, even mm -hmm. if you are married, mm -hmm. even if before you go to authority that's above you, yep. if you have something to say about someone, go to that person. And I can't, I'm, I'm with, I can't stand when I'm, when you have to hear stuff about yourself through the grapevine mm. because other people are talking about it mm. because one, it's a mature, it's a maturity thing. Immature. It, it like you have, it's so immature to like mm. know that you have a problem with someone, but won't go to that person to solve it. Because you like, you like what the power it gives you. Mm -hmm. Because it gives you something now to, it gives you justice in how you treat someone. And quote, and quotes justice. justice. Because that's not justice. That's just a means to, Ooh. it's a, a stamp of approval for yourself to think that what you're doing is right. When actually... It's not at all. And it's dangerous because in our generation, 
we can build a culture of gossip, like you said, mm-hmm. and we're not even noticing it. But then we under, but what's even more dangerous, and this is what I got to say, is that when you know that you have a culture of gossip and you know that what you are doing is indeed not right, or when you see someone, you know what they are doing is indeed not right, mm-hmm. but you won't call them out on it. And that's going back to the holy, holiness thing. Yeah. You know what you are doing is terrible. You know what you are doing is basically, <laughs> whether you're sinning, whether you're God, whatever it is, what you know is not right. Yeah. But you are in a place where like, oh, but I don't want to like be that person that's like too much. Be that person. You are called to standard. You are called to be different. You are called to be set apart. And so even to the person that gossips, Mm -hmm. stop. Go to the person. But to the person that also sees gossip happening but doesn't step in, step in. To know what is right and not do it is sin. Like so, if you think you're just a simple bystander, you're sinning. Like you got me dripping. Actually, let me pull that up verbatim. You know, just so y'all, I, I'm just not spitting for my world. And then uh, when he pulls that up, I'm a I'm a go. And if you go to that person mm-hmm. that you have a problem with, and it's unsuccessful that doesn't give you justice to continue to treat them bad or to gossip about them Mm -hmm. because it goes on to say, but if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. There's a, there's a tier to this. There's a a tier, a a tier list. There's actually a a process of handling confrontation and problems with people. That's crazy, isn't it? It's, it's almost like this book talks about it. It isn't, it isn't, oh, I'm going to talk to that person, but if, if not, then it is what it is. Mm-hmm. It ain't, they didn't know what it is, what it is. It's, guess what? If I'm going to that person in private and there's still nothing, guess what? That's when I'm going to bring in. That's when it's time th- to th- take it a step that, that, And it's like, no, we're going to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. We are going to solve this because I'll tell you what, <laughs> I am not compromising on anything. We can't compromise no more. So, I'm going to hit y'all. It's James 4. Oh, I 17. love me the book of James. Some James. of y'all don't read the book of James because it's too convicting. Hey. Hey. Don't go in that New Testament, bro. Y'all think, <laughs> y'all think Matthew, Mark, Luke, John's all that is serious, but let me tell you something. In the book of James, uh, chapter 4, verse 17. This is uh, NRV. I almost kicked the KJV. You know, uh. I'm going I'm to I'm throw it KJV, and then we're going to bring it back to make it understandable for everybody else. <clears throat> Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. For those that are now living in the 21st century, um, remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do, then not do it. So for those who witness sin, if you listen to this podcast, you now know the steps that it takes to confront this thing and you sit by watching. Congratulations. 
you've now sinned as well. Not to condemn anybody. Yeah, yeah. Or to bring any ill feelings in between, you know, if you are currently witnessing sin as you listen to this. Nah, if people hate me because of this podcast, people hate me because of this podcast. Because one thing I will also give y'all the authority to do, um, Christian and anybody else listening, is that if I am not living by what I'm saying, call me out on it. Mm. So if you are watching me, watch someone else gossip and I'm not saying it be like Parker, but didn't you just didn't, didn't you hear that? Ca- call me on it. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not going to be that person that says one thing, but I don't want the same treatment. No, yeah. treat me the same. I don't care. Hold me to this standard because I'm telling you, I am just like you. There's going to be moments where I'm weak. There's going to be moments where I don't want to do that very thing. But I want you guys to keep me at the standard in which we're supposed to be at. So I'm not only am I going to keep you guys at the standard. That's why that's why me and Christian get a little little passionate talking about this stuff. But we want you guys to also hold because you guys also have the authority to hold us to that standard to be like, yo, I know I, I listened to this podcast, but a few weeks ago you weren't living like that. Be like, well, thank you for coming. Because, but one thing I don't want to hear is that y'all got y'all feelings hurt on this podcast, and then y'all tell y'all friends, "Oh my gosh, they HTT, they <laughs> they too much." If you got a problem, bring it to me. Bring it to us. Bring it to the Lord, too. You know, maybe maybe, Before. maybe what is actually bothering you is actually convicting you, and you just don't know. You're you right on that, because um, first off, uh, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe here's what I'm going to submit, right? Just because I'm going to practice what I preach. Mm. I'm not going to preach I if love, I don't live it, right? I love practicing what I preach. There ain't nothing coming out of my mouth that I ain't already doing. That I ain't already in the process of doing, right? Mm. Period. So... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to submit this to the people listening. If anybody feels some type of way, I don't care. Um, but I love you still. Anyway, before you bring it to me, take it to God. Yeah. Just in case you may not be as sensitive to the Poor Holy Spirit as I am, take it to God to make sure that it is of him and not of you. Because if I said something that you don't agree with and I'm in the wrong, the first person that's going to hit me is the Holy Spirit. So I'm gonna be convicted by him off rip, right? If I said something that is wrong and not, and he need to deal with me about it, he's gonna deal with me. Now here's a here's something that can happen, right? I'm not in a position or mind or heart space to then be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because if I send, um, my heart gets hardened, right? And I'm not sensitive anymore. I can skip over or I can I can mistakenly not hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, right? Then in that case, if we find ourselves in that position and you have now confronted the Lord with what you feel I've done wrong and I have hardened my heart and not heard the Holy Spirit and we are now in a state of like, you're right, I'm wrong, hey, bring it to me. I am always trying to learn more. I am always trying to be found righteous in the, the heart and the eyes of God. So please bring it to me if I've done wrong. But don't bring it to me if you ain't took it to the Lord yet. Please don't, because I don't need your projection on my life. I will gladly close my ears and not take it in. Because, listen, I will also listen to those who say that I'm wrong. And I'll take it straight to the Holy Spirit. Me and God will sit down and have a conversation about it. And he will either tell me, yes, you're wrong, or he'll tell me nothing. And I take God's nothing sometimes as him being like, you know, you know what you stand on. 
you know what I've already told you. You know the foundation that we've built. So why are you bringing this to me? If you already know what the word says, you already know what I told you personally. Why are you bringing this to me? And please don't let that happen. Please don't let that, cause then I get a little, I get a little boastful. And see, me and the Holy Spirit, when we when we get a little boastful, it's kind of, it's not dangerous, but it's like it's like real righteous. And if you think I'm holier than thou now, and you come to me and you say something, and I take it to God, and He don't say nothing, and the Holy Spirit start getting you know rowdy inside of me, I'm coming back at you like times two, and it's really, it's really not in a, it's not really in a disrespectful manner, but it's it's that. It's that checking, right? Because then I got to make sure, if you heard the podcast, you heard I said something wrong, and then you got to the end where I was talking about take it to God first, and then you feel like you took it to God, and then you brought it to me still, and when I took it to God, I was wrong. So now I got to sit, we got to sit down, and we got to, some, somebody's not listening here. Somebody's off. If I'm off in my rechecking of what you told me and, and the guidance of my life, then that, that lets me know, hey, I need to get back into my word. I need to get back into my quiet space and really my relationship with God. Or it's you. Somebody missing something. And I'm only bringing it back for the fact of, hey, I want the best for you. As you coming to me, show me that you want the best for me. Yeah. That's the only reason I'm bringing it back to you. But here's the thing when I bring it back to you. It might be a little, it might sting a little bit. Because I could control my mouth. The Holy Spirit could control my mouth. But the Bible is, the, 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 truth, the truth hurts. Bringing it back circle, full circle, the truth hurts, man. Mm. And if, Ain't that the truth? If it come back to you and it's like, hey, you need to spend some more deliberate time with God, then right now it sounds like that. But I can't promise you it's going to sound that simple and easy when it's brung back to you. But never, ever have I been in a situation to where that has happened. But for some reason, that was put on my heart. So I need to I need to make sure that that is known before. But I feel like this is going to be received well. And, and the good part of my heart when I'm, project, I'm projecting <laughs> my joy and kindness on other people, I feel like this will be received well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But then there's all those, there are those Christians that, you know, um, that when they hear things like this. Uh, Tim Ross said it like this. He preaches to the back row because the first three rows, the first, the first couple rows already got it. There's a reason why they're sitting that far up. And most of the time, they're not even listening rather than they're critiquing. So if you're sitting here and you're critiquing, by all means, please do. Right? I'm always I'm always down for the righteous criticism, as spoken about in uh, one of those Proverbs or Ecclesiastes. The, the righteous criticism is something that I welcome. But um, the moment that uh, we overstep our boundaries in either direction is where you know things get hairy. So I just want to make sure that, hey, I have this way of making sure I'm accountable when I bring things to you. I want to make sure that you have an accountable way of bringing things to me. Make sure we go through those <coughs> checks and balances because they're there for a reason. But, Parker, we've been going for a minute, and I don't want to ever put a time limit on anything. But when we get to these parts in the episodes, these parts in the podcast, I often say this next statement, right, this statement that I'm asking for, if you were to give the people one thing, if this were a clip by itself and there's nothing else that they hear, I need you to give them your heart. Give them your, your, your hitting statement. You know what I'm saying? If this is the only thing that they hear, what would you tell them? Mm.
I think I just have to go back to. Take your time. Take your time. We ain't no rush. I think I just got to go back to like whatever, <clears throat> whatever the Lord has called you to do. Don't compromise on it. That's literally, I think, that I want people to to know and understand because what he has called you to do is very unique, is only meant for you. And what I mean by that, let me take Tim Ross Mm -hmm. and Christian. Okay. God has put a podcast on Tim Ross's heart. And God has put a podcast on Christian's heart. In Jesus' name. They are both podcasters. But what God wants to use Tim Ross for is completely different with what God wants to use Christian for. Mm. Even though the platform is the same. Mm. So, that means whatever the Lord has called you specific person, Jacqueline. That's a wild name. I ain't heard that name in a while. Jacqueline. Jacqueline. You, Jacqueline. Jacqueline from New Hampshire. Or N- Neville, Neville from the UK. Neville's definitely from the UK. Whatever God has called you to do, he has only called you to do. Mm. And when you understand that there's weight and value to what God has called you to do, you can no longer compromise on it. You can no longer live the way that you were living. You can no longer speak the way that you were speaking. You can no longer interact with people or build friendships or relationships the same way that you used to. So please learn from someone that has compromised time and time again and has only left and me compromising on the call in my life has only left me in seasons of despair, brokenness, hurt, anxiety, depression. Do not compromise it. And end that, it still might hurt. Mm -hmm. You still might go through hell. Mm-hmm. But you know that the reward waiting for you by being obedient to what God has called you to do is far much greater than anything you can experience here on earth. So please, for the person that might feel called to be a worship leader, don't compromise. Mm. No matter what people say, no matter what people do, do not compromise. To the future pastor or preacher, don't compromise. To the future evangelist, don't compromise. To the future clothing merch maker, mm-hmm. don't compromise. To the, to the future husband, don't compromise. To the future wife, don't compromise. To the future father and mother, don't compromise. Because what God has called you to carry is too valuable and has not an earthly weight to it but an eternal weight to it 
and God has called you specifically to carry it. So don't compromise. Hmm. It's like that will rest for a little bit. I, it's as simple as that. Understanding the weight, knowing the weight, feeling the weight, and taking it on. Just because it may seem a little heavy, you understand that it is not out of our strength that we carry this thing. And if and if you want that um, reverence and. Maybe you feel like you've been called, but you've kind of lost, like, you feeling the weight or the reverence of that thing. Pray about it, because I guarantee God will reinstill not the same weight, but a new weight and a new burden for it mm-hmm. in your heart. Because he will. Mm-hmm. So if you're struggling with that, pray about it. Don't pray, Lord, give me a new burden, but pray, Lord, open my eyes to a new reverence of who you are in my life because you don't want the weight of what you're carrying to be. How am I going to say this? You don't want what you, the feeling of the weight and the heaviness on what you're supposed to carry. You shouldn't be based on, what you're carrying, but who it's actually for. Mm. So when you're saying, Lord, bring me a new burden, a new weight, Lord, let me feel the weight of what I'm supposed to carry. Instead, pray, Lord, open my eyes in a new way of who you are in my life. And I guarantee when you get a new fear of God in your life, and a new reverence of who he is, the thing that you're supposed to carry will automatically feel heavy Mm. because you understand not what you're carrying, but who you're carrying it for. It, It makes me think of an ant. A what? Makes me think of an ant. An ant? But like an ant is strong, right? Yeah. Say like ants can lift a hundred times their body weight. But when that ant picks up that, I think of an ant picking up like a piece of bread, just <laughs> like the whole piece of bread. Yeah. Right. So, and that ant's carrying that thing. I don't know how that ant feels, but that weight doesn't matter to that ant because that ant knows that his job is to carry it to the queen. No matter how big it is, how heavy it may be, he's on a mission and he knows that it's bigger than him. Like, in order for his very being to make sense, he has to pick up this weight and take it somewhere. Yeah. So the weight of it isn't the food itself rather than who he's going to feed with it. I don't yeah. know, man. That, that's heavy. I don't know, just listening to that got a little heavy. I don't know <laughs> for anybody else, but definitely for me. Uh, sat on right on my chest, too. It's like a heartburn. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Be with me, Lord. It's like a little heartburn. But thank you, Father God, for today, man. God, thank you for this podcast, for Parker, his vulnerability, for the wisdom that you've bestowed upon him, 
for him taking it and sharing it with everyone, sharing it with anyone. I'm so thankful for what you've done in his life, God, what you're doing in his life. I just ask and pray that as he continues to move, as he continues to step into what you have for him, Father God, that he does not compromise, Father God. Ooh, help him on his, his journey. Help me on my journey, Father, of not compromising the calling that you have upon us, Father God. For not the weight of the calling itself, Father, but for who we do it for and who we do it with, God. For we know that you are with us despite everything that may happen, Father, despite the sin that tries to creep, Father, despite the gossip that might circle the people who may be speaking against the very thing that you called us to, Father, we know that you are with us in it, God, that we continue to hold tight to that that calling, Father, we continue to hold tight to your hand as we walk through this, Father, I just ask that, I plead for anyone, Father, who may have a new burden of of you, God, something that you've placed on their heart, something that you are working on in their lives, God, that they remember that it's not out of their strength, Father, but it's with you, Father, God, that the that the burden that comes with knowing that it's for you, Father, that, that it may be lightened, Father, as we yoke unto you, Father, we begin to partner more with you on this thing that anything that comes against us, Father, God, we know that you are strong enough, that you are willing, and that you care, Father, and um, geez. Just be with us as we come and as we go, Father, for traveling mercy, Jesus. I just ask that you continue to do what you're doing. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you're going to do. Um, just thankful, Father, for today and life as a whole. We just pray that you continue to keep Parker. Continue to keep the ones that are listening, Father. Continue to keep me in our own uh, rightful ways, Father. We give you the thanks. We give you the praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's... um. That's a note to leave off on. I, no, I'm like normally joyful at the end of it. And I'm like, yeah, so thank you for coming on. But I'm like, ouch, thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing that. that <laughs> that's something that weigh heavy on the heart. I still got my hand on my chest. I don't know. This just feels right. It just feels right. But Parker, thank you for coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thank you for your vulnerability. Oh. Thank you for your story. Thank you for dropping the, the gems, dropping the wisdom on us. Um, Thank you all for listening, being a part, joining in, tuning in, wherever you may be, whoever you are. I uh, hope that you got something from it. I hope that you enjoyed it uh, in whatever way, man. I hope that we were just able to drop, you know, drop something in your heart. I hope God's able to drop something in your heart, but he does it through us as we are his vessels. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, man. Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. <laughs> but until next time, man, y'all take it easy. Y'all be safe and peace.